honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Wigan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, PodMN. Definitely recommend that one, PodMN, all Minnesota podcasts, and you can get rewarded for that one. Uh, Stitcher, Double Twist all the others, tune in radio, so it's all over the place, do check it out, do enjoy all the different ways to listen to the Timberwolves Explosion, on certain ones we're like tune in radio and such, there's options to stream or download, I'm sure you can actually stream or download on any of them, please download if you could, it just looks better for everything in case I ever want to get sponsors for the show, which I once had and would like to do that again one of these decades, would be great, uh, gosh, it's been basically 12 years covering the Minnesota Timberwolves here on Timberwolves Explosion, <clears throat> and I'm announcing my retirement right now. No, uh, not yet. Though if the political world continues to go the direction it's been going, I don't know. I mean, people are getting a little bit too antsy, too pissed off, this and that. I don't really like politics brought into sports, and I know other people think, well, it's the only place for these for, for, for people to have their platform. And Okay, well, I mean, it's it's up to you how you feel about that. It, it is. Sometimes you might want an escape from it rather than like it getting doubled down upon. That's my fear as we move forward. That's just my opinion. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, let's just enjoy ourselves talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. 2019-2020, uh, the season is officially over, even though the season will resume on July 31st, if all goes well, and people don't, at the last second, quote-unquote, quote-unquote, now I'm saying this, don't get offended, quote-unquote, chicken out and uh, cancel everything again, or delay it further, um, and all that. So I'm going to keep uh, some of my other feelings about certain doctors that like to, you know, tell you where to be and what to do. I'm going to keep my opinions to myself there. <clears throat> it is your opinion. You all, I respect your opinion on all that. <clears throat> We're on one side, you're on the other, this and that. Apologize for choking to death here. I, I don't have coronavirus. Don't worry about that. Uh, rainy day outside, at least as I'm doing this segment, having a conversation with you. So first segment will be basically the season in review. What was, you know, the, well, what was an abbreviated season, of course, Shut down on March the 13th, Friday the 13th. Uh, Jason Voorhees came a couple months early and canceled the season for the Timberwolves anyway as we just weren't good enough to make the little 22-team uh, field. Hockey is likely to make a similar field, and the Wild will be in that one. In uh, playing uh, form, Wild not good enough to be one of the top four teams in the Western Conference, so it is what it is there. Timberwolves completely out along with the hated Golden State Warriors. Hate that club, but I think you guys already know that also. So we're going to kind of review what kind of season it was, and there is a very window of opportunity for the Timberwolves, very bright window of opportunity, so it's not like I'm going to come up here and be like, my God, 19 and 45, what a bunch of crap. Yeah, it was a crappy season, and your franchise player, regardless of how you feel about him at this second, or at least how you feel what kind of season he had, obviously you don't want to kick a guy when he's down, his mom, his, his mom passed away, of course, in April, so that was extremely sad. I'm not going to kick anybody when they're down, especially in that kind of situation, but, uh, a very rough season for Carl Anthony Towns, a very rough uh, year, generally speaking. A lot of season of change for, uh, in 2020 as everything just kind of happened. Going way back in the summer, Gerson Rosas was loaded and ready to roll, trying to make some changes, trying to acquire 
the ultra-exciting D'Angelo Russell got all of us excited. And then it's like, well, he's going to make $30 million a year, though, when the Golden State Warriors pull off the trade at the last minute rather, uh, rather than have the Wolves make a trade uh, to get things rolling with the Brooklyn Nets or some type of three-team trade. Maybe that's what was in the works, Warriors, Wolves, and Nets, where Wiggins would have wound up in the Warriors anyway. Ends up being, uh, you know, several months later when things were all ready to go. Wolves eventually made their major acquisition and all was well. But uh, I've never seen this many players change, uh, these, this many players traded from this club. Obviously, Gerson Rosas, you got the award for that. But And also at the same time, I mean, it's pretty damn encouraging. It's just we only got to see one damn game of these guys play together. D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. So hopefully many, 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 many more years to come with that. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns went number one. D'Angelo went number two to the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2015 draft. Flip Saunders was, of course, still very much alive at that time. Uh, he knew what was going on with the uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, and uh, the rest of us didn't, and he eventually announced it like a little bit after that, and we all know what happened uh, several months later. Well, not several, but like two or three months later, things took a turn for the worse, and we lost Flip Saunders, and he never got to coach uh, a single game of Carl Anthony Towns' career. Uh, we all know what happened with D'Angelo back and forth, but uh, I'm kind of jumping ahead. Just an interesting season in terms of the trades generally the play on the floor was not very interesting not very fun it was just kind of negative most of the way it was depressing I mean you had a preseason that was kind of meh you saw some games where you gave up a billion points you start off encouraging in the regular season though which was quite surprising you start off three and oh which was pretty cool back in October that was pretty damn exciting October 2019 of course Brooklyn Nets, you beat the Brooklyn Nets 127-126, a very epic battle, of course, again, no D'Angelo there. You did see D'Angelo and the Warriors kind of torch all over us by 20 points in the preseason, but it's the preseason. You beat the Charlotte Hornets 121-99. Wolves almost never win in Charlotte, so that was extremely surprising. 3-0 start to the season. Little did we know what a nasty turn things would take very quickly. Uh, you go against Jimmy the Butthead uh, in uh, against the Miami Heat, but he wasn't able to play, and the Wolves ended up capitalizing and winning that one. Felt good and everything. This is, again, at the end of October here. And, gosh, NBA Finals might be ending in October now, which will really throw things out of whack. And, uh, you know, I just... I said this on my other show. I believe it was Brave the Wild. is the most recent show I talked about this. How everything's just going to be weird now. And I'm not sure when things will ever go back to normal in terms of scheduling. I really liked the whole idea of, say... NFL preseason slash training camp in, in August. And NHL training camp slash preseason in September. NBA training camp slash preseason in October. It was just boom, boom, boom. And it was sports heaven after that. Because I don't really like the fall months all that much. I mean, fall can be nice, but I don't know. It gets dark and, the, and it's kind of wet and crap. Uh, afternoons are beautiful, but the mornings aren't. That's when I do lawns. And it's kind of tough and nasty. But uh, it's something to look forward to, something to enjoy, especially as you head into the cooler months like November. Basketball, hockey, oh, yes. And then, of course, NFL's in full force. Teams are really starting to take shape in terms of how good they are. But now, what the heck is the schedule going to be from here on forward? I have nary an idea, lad. I have nary an idea. I don't know. I have nary an idea, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, so this will be the last time the Wolves will be playing in October for a long time, I'm guessing. Of course, I just don't know. The Wolves play Philadelphia, the former team of Jimmy Butler, and this is when things got ugly as ble- as bleep. Carl Anthony Towns got in a tussle with uh, our old buddy, uh, gosh, Joel Embiid. Both of them got kicked out and 
all that big old hustle, big old fight. It's like, yeah, we're going to stand up to you guys and get beat by how many points? Like 20, God, I don't even want to go there. Like 28 points. We lost by, no, <laughs> 23 points. My math is all bleeped up. 20, 20, <laughs> 22 points. Apologize for that. 22 points. You got crushed by the uh, Philadelphia 70 suckers. And um, they went to 4-0. and We went to 3-1. and Crazy how we were both 3-0 and going into that game. And reality really uh, struck us in the head like pretty hard. Trevon Graham was starting. And, you know, Wolves actually had a decent record with Trevon Graham in the lineup, even though just he didn't provide a whole lot. Just, you know, he's kind of a physical guy. Let's just say in hockey he'd be on the fourth line, just kind of banging guys around a little bit. Maybe he'll score like once in a blue moon. That's pretty much what Trevon Graham would be in the hockey world. Kind of a weird lineup. He got some interesting acquisitions, some minor moves in the summer. <clears throat> Shabazz Napier, you got Jed Gleeman, which is actually a pretty good acquisition, but unfortunately he had one of those really obnoxious toe injuries that can really screw up the ligaments in there, and that's why he was out so damn long. Very frustrating for Jake. Uh, Ricky Rubio had a similar injury in the past where it's like, that's just a toe injury. Who cares? Yeah, but toes can really F up your foot. I mean, talk, you're, you're talking to a guy that's cutting lawns for 26 years. Let me tell you how even the most minor of toe injuries can really screw up your month. I mean, because they, they take forever to heal. I mean, in basketball, you're on your feet the entire time you're playing. If you're playing, you're on your feet. And if your toes hurt, you're going to struggle. And that's what happened with Jake Lehman very early. Very exciting start to his uh, career to the Wolves. But again, just as quickly, he was out for almost eternity. Uh, Carl got suspended uh, a couple games. And then what's-his-name got the same thing. Old Joel Embiid, similar situation. Suspended, reinstated. He was suspended for two games. A lot of people thought that Joel Embiid should have gotten more, and he did not. And I don't know, it was bullcrap. But that's how it is. That's just how it is. The Wolves dropped to 3-1. and one. But it, it's okay. We'll still be fine. We're still going to be in first place, you know, most of the rest of the year, right? We'll, we'll be in first place, you know, forever. forever. We're, you know, we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah, 15-45. and 45. That was the last game for October, but 3-1 and one start to the season? Doesn't get much better than that. I mean, you're 750, you know, you're a .75. You even beat the Washington Wizards in Washington, which never happens. Wolves never win in Washington. One uh, one thirty one one oh nine. That's unbelievable. And then reality set in just as quickly. I mean, Milwaukee Bucks crush us one thirty four one oh six on the fourth of November. Again, you're turning the page in November and fall cleanup season, which sometimes is fun when it's dry and sunny, but it almost seems like it never is. The old days it was. Nowadays it seems like it's gray and rainy all the time, and it kind of sucks. Uh, Memphis, you go to Memphis, I mean, a depleted roster, but still an exciting young rookie in John Morant, who I think a lot of people believe will be the rookie of the year. Whoop up on the Wolves. No more Paul Gasol, or excuse me, Marcus Gasol. So you're not losing 91-89 anymore to the Memphis Grizzlies. Now it's 137 to 131. I mean, go figure. It's just, you know, it's that's just how it is. Uh, one way or another, you're losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. That's just kind of a fact. You're just going to lose to the Memphis Grizzlies, I guess. 137-101, Golden State bleeping Warriors. You beat the bleeping Warriors in Target Center. Well, there's your annual win over the Warriors. That felt good. Of course, depleted roster. No Clay Thompson. There's this D'Angelo Russell guy wearing, and it's like D'Angelo Russell was on the on the Warriors, and Andrew Wiggins was on the Wolves, but they're wearing opposite jerseys in these pictures because things updated and stuff. It looks really funky and weird. D'Angelo Russell scored 52 points in Target Center, so he was auditioning for his, uh, he, was, he, was, he was auditioning. The game went to OT, and Andrew Wiggins was auditioning for the Warriors. 40-point game. So little did we know 
<laughs> this game that a lot of people might say was semi-meaningless at the time, considering, I mean, there's no Steph Curry, there's no Clay Thompson, there's no Draymond Green, you know, I mean, so of course we're going to beat the Warriors very easily. Now it goes to overtime, and you give up 52 points to future Timberwolf D'Angelo Russell and former Timberwolf Andrew Wiggins scores 40 points against his future team, and D'Angelo scores 52 against his future team, and I don't know what planet I'm on right now. Uh, I don't know where I am. Uh, as much as I hate the Warriors, again, they didn't even we didn't even sell out the game because I guess people knew this Warriors team wasn't the same. They'd already dropped a 2-7. and seven. Shows you how great D'Angelo Russell is. 2-7? and seven. Come on, D'Angelo. If you're some great player, then why aren't they winning? Yeah, well, you look at that Warriors lineup and not quite the same. Close loss to Denver. Always like that. 1-198. Kind of like that with Memphis when Marcus Gasol was there. Kind of a lower scoring game that we lose more than half of the time. We win in Detroit on the 11th. Back-to-back. Nice. Crush the Spurs. 129-114 on the 13th get destroyed by Washington. See, it's like reality setting in in games like this. It's like, when did reality really set in? It just kind of came and went. We were kind of fluctuating during the course of this time. And the whole fact of the matter is, see, whenever Carl was out, the defense was better. That was kind of the theme during the course of the season until he was finally just out, out forever with, like, wrist injuries and such. And, uh, yeah, wrist injury, and this happened, and that happened, and Oh, boy, it was weird. <clears throat> it was a weird season for Carl Anthony Towns. Just weird, because the guy was an Iron Man until this year. I mean, he was an absolute bleeping Iron Man. Uh, what was that weird car accident? That ended like a gigantic, unbelievable streak. Iron Man streak for Carl Anthony Towns. That weird car accident where he got re-rented by a semi-truck. And uh, very scary situation there. Um, but it's like the course of the season. Whenever Carl was in, we'd give up like 100 bleeping 30 points. Whenever Carl's out and Gorgie Zhang was in, it would be a low-scoring game, and we'd maybe kind of win sometimes. It was interesting, but uh, you lose. You give it 137 to the freaking Washington Wizards, and, of course, Carl was playing in the game, and he actually played extremely well. I mean, 13 of 18, but and 4 of 6 from downtown didn't matter a whole lot. Just a weird, crappy game. Weird, crappy loss in Target Center. So both road teams destroyed the other in Washington and Minnesota. So weird split there. Uh, predictable loss to Houston. Wolves never beat the Rockets. We beat the Jazz in Utah. I mean, wow. What a weird back and forth. And then we lose at home to the Jazz. So the Wolves had a pretty good road record <laughs> during the course of the time. That was one of the main themes during the course of the season. The Wolves had won, by the end of November, at least four consecutive road games. Yeah, four consecutive. Their last road loss was uh, the 6th of November against Memphis. We beat Detroit on the 11th, beat Utah on the 18th, beat Atlanta, which again, that never we never win in Atlanta, even when they suck and when we're good, even when the Wolves were good in the Garnett era. We'd always struggle in Atlanta for some reason. You beat the Spurs in San Antonio, which just never happened, but yeah, there's you're just, again, you look at the roster and it's, you don't get too excited. But four road wins, yeah, we can't win at home. It was the weirdest, crappiest, un, I don't know, we just couldn't win at home. <laughs> for some reason, we were sweeping the Spurs. We beat the Spurs at home. That was our last home win. At the end of the month was the 13th. Lucky 13. You lose at home to Washington, Houston, Utah, and the and the, and the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix. Okay, I know. They're just, yeah. You lose to the Phoenix Suns at home. You lose to Memphis at home. You, and then the road wins disappear. And the Wolves have, like, one of the most epic, awful months of December of all time. Because we just kept losing like crazy. I mean, there is a ton of red. I mean, you start the month against Memphis, December the 1st, with a loss. And you don't win a game until you play the Sacramento Kings on the 26th. Merry Christmas. Um, 
and I still say Merry Christmas happily. Uh, you end the month of November with a win in San Antonio. Little did we know what December would bring. Oh, boy. But, of course, again, Carl Anthony Towns suffering from one injury after another. He did play in this game and played well against the Spurs in the particular game when the Spurs were 6-13. and Wolves actually had a winning record at the month of November. It's not a it's not a dazzling record, but they were 10-8. and eight. I mean, that's okay. That's respectable. You know, you don't want to have any subtle jabs and say, yeah, oh, the crappy Wolves, you know, 10 and 8. That's just, that's like, that's epic for the Timberwolves, 10 and 8. Ha, ha, ha. No, I'm not trying to be a smartass. But just how dramatically things would change into December. When you end the month of November reasonably well, again, some frustrating home losses, but maybe we can get past that. Things will be a little better, like no bleeping defense at home. And then you lose how many in a row here? You got the 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. So you lose 11 in a row. Losing to Golden State, that was an extremely frustrating loss in, you know, the new building. It's not the Oracle anymore. I keep forgetting the name of it. It was uh, the Chase Center. That's what it was, Chase. So it's another, yep, I, I thought it was a credit card type of company. Yeah, the Chase Center, 113 to 104. And, of course, D'Angelo Russell has a, a damn good game. They're calling him as a they're, considering him a Timberwolf, which doesn't make any sense. That just doesn't make sense. Uh, but yeah, Gorgie Zeng was at center. Wolves lost. And of course, Carl Anthony Towns was I think he was sick at this stage because I know he got sick. He was he was not feeling well for a while. And people were like what the heck? How long could you be out with the flu? And little did we know how bad the flu could get and how much it could affect the season and stuff. But I don't know. It depends on how you feel about coronavirus. I'm, that's kind of where I'm leaning a little bit. But uh <sighs> I don't, I, what the hell, you know, but uh, Carl was sick at that point, eventually would break his wrist later, or not break his wrist, but have an injured wrist, and come back and then re-injure it, or still hurt, or God knows what happened, and ended up being broken, so maybe he was kind of off and on, in and out of the lineup, <clears throat> just such an odd situation, it seemed like Carl barely played this year, very heartbreaking, disappointing losses, this and that, but then you have that impressive little, well, no, it wasn't impressive at all, actually. Losing to Golden State right before Christmas, and then beating Sacramento right after Christmas. <clears throat> Again, before Christmas Eve on the 23rd, that crappy, awful loss to the Golden State Warriors, where the Wolves just, like, fell flat on their face. And then you see one of the ugliest games of basketball of all time against Rushon Holmes and the Sacramento Kings. Yes, Rushon Holmes, and he's actually a really good player, by the way. I mean, he is... I would love to have him in, in the Timberwolves uniform right now. Wolves could use help, power forward. Maybe he could plug the middle and help Car- let Carl Anthony Towns run free a little bit. Physical guy who can do a little bit of everything, block shots, steal the ball, get a 20-20 type of game. I just love Richwan Holmes. He is a stud. Just love him. Um, absolutely love him. But a back-and-forth game that was, again, some of the most awful basketball ever. Uh, the Wolves shot below 35%, 21% from downtown, 10 of 46. Like, I just... <sighs> Sacramento shot the same percentage, 34.6, and both the same from downtown, 9 of 39. I mean, it's some of the ugliest brick city-type basketball you've ever seen. And this ain't New Jersey, this ain't brick New Jersey, or whatever the heck, or Newark, excuse me, the brick city. Uh, whatever it was, it was awful. But the Wolves won, 105 to 104, and, you know, Mr. Gorgie was so valuable... You felt good. You finally end an 11-game losing streak. Little did we know how much more awful the Wolves could get during the course of the season. Just ended up being an awful, awful year, generally speaking. An awful month of December, as the Wolves uh, would definitely fall off the face of the earth. You, you lose to Cleveland. I mean, you lose to Cleveland after beating Sacramento. You lose to Cleveland at home. 
There's no LeBron James there. You lose to Cleveland at home. You score 94 points against the... No, excuse me. You score 88 points against the Cleveland Cavaliers. You keep the Cavs down to 94 points at home and you still don't win the game. I mean, what does that tell you about the damn season at that point? But the Wolves at least won a road game in Sacramento. Telling you. That's how long it took to, but to get a win. You beat Brooklyn. That's nice. That's cute and everything. And then 2020 comes. <coughs> 2020. Pardon me. I should be... <laughs> the month of... Excuse me. The year of trades... And then ultimately, the season being cut short by this uh, stuff, this this virus. I'll just call it that. I'll just call it that. I mean, utter frustration for all of us. You just wish you could see. <laughs> you wish you wish you could just have a regular normal life, regular normal year. It's nice to have a little time off work. I, that's the one good part. But it's you know, I mean, no sports at all. You can't go home and watch sports. I know, I know there's more to life than sports, 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 but hey, well then why are you listening to the show if you think that, right? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I know there's more to life than sports, but for Pete's sake, what an absolute utter frustration, you know, how, how things ended. Again, you'll have a very impressive game in Milwaukee, but still end up losing at 106-104, and the Greek freak actually played in the game. That's the surprising part. Again, Gorgie Zhang at center, and again, with Gorgie at center, I just kept going on and on about how this guy needs significant, needs to get significant minutes again, even starting a power forward, possibly. I mean, you look at this, starting bleeping lineup, and the Wolves lost by only two in Milwaukee. That's impressive. They kept the Bucks down to 106. I mean, that's unbelievable. Robert Covington, power forward, which again is a joke. He's a small forward. Keelan Martin. Keelan Martin, God bless him. Cool guy. Love that late, uh, love that early 90s look that he has. <clears throat> I don't think he was even born yet. In fact, he, there's no way he was, but Still looks cool. Kind of has that Doug West looking hair. I love that. Keelan Martin sounds like a great guy. Uh, Gorgie Zhang, awesome defense. Kind of meek, mediocre, ugly offense, but awesome defense. Jared Culver, again, a nice semi-exciting rookie that not all of us were too excited about. He'd flash a bit. He'd challenge people defensively, which I appreciated, and occasionally he would challenge people offensively during the course of the season. Didn't have an electrifying rookie year, and hopefully he's been working on his game. Uh big time in the offseason. I mean, just keep working on that three-point shot. Over 5 in this game. Shabazz Napier's your starting point guard. He played awesome, and I kept trashing him, but when he really kind of settled in as the starting point guard for the Wolves, he did an awesome job. He, he really did. Uh, I was like, he's officially better than what Sebastian Telfer was, even in his second stint with the Wolves when he was significantly better. Higher IQ type of basketball. But uh, very solid defense by the Wolves from everybody. Everybody. I mean, even Jalen Noel had 12 points off the bench. Pretty cool. I mean, great, solid defense. Nas Reed would have his moments. His defense isn't that good, but his athleticism kind of helps make up for anything else. Jared Culver, Shabazz Napier, Gorgi Zhang, Robert Covington, the glove, the uh, Roko glove, the the Cove glove, you could say. Keeping the Bucks a 31-5 and team. To only 106 points, you're barely those. Too bad we lost. But uh, you're wearing those city jerseys, MSP, the city jerseys of the year. There's always a city jersey, and then there's the fancy-dancy whatever jersey. Pretty cool stuff. It was fun, but uh, damn. <laughs> Wolves almost had it. The Freak did get his 32, 17, 4 assists, 2 blocks, blah, blah, blah. But uh, that was one of the epic games of the year. It was very enjoyable. No Carl, no D'Angelo because he wasn't here yet. Um, Andrew Wiggins wasn't on the court either. And you keep the Bucks down to that. And Impressive. You beat the Warriors the next game back-to-back. So you figure you're going to win something. 
Jabaz Napier, very strong in that game, helped the Wolves win comfortably over Marquise Chris and the Golden State Warriors. Ho, ho, you'll beat Cleveland on the road, which figures. Then you had kind of a bit of a back and forth with Memphis. You lose to Memphis as usual. You beat Portland. Get crushed by 30 to the uh, Houston Rockets on the 11th. And then the trades start to happen and the change starts to happen. Kind of like how the Wolves got rid of Tom Thibodeau and then played the OKC Thunder the next game. And it was very epic, very exciting. Watching Andrew Wiggins help the Wolves win that game. Uh, but the trades start happening in the month of January. This was on the 16th of January. The Wolves trade Jeff Teague and Trevon Graham to the Atlanta Hawks for Alan Crabb. Another big contract, but again, expired at the end of the year. The Wolves ultimately would release Alan Crabb because he's he's a specialist from downtown and he wasn't making his threes. So it was just kind of like whatever. That's the things got kind of funky there. Alan Crabb, there was nothing personal in his business. They were trying to let him go so he could get on a playoff roster if so, somebody uh, so desired to uh, acquire him. But then uh, then the red takes over. <laughs> the Wolves start losing like crazy. 13th, you lose to OKC. 15, you lose you know, 101, 17, 104. Pardon I me, mean, you lose to Indiana back-to-back games on the 15th and 17th. Again, you wouldn't see Alan Crabb yet, and who cares? You wouldn't see Jeff Teague on the Wolves anymore, and who cared about that either? And you end up losing how many games in a row here? Houston, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So you end the month of uh, 10. You end the month of uh, January. Sacramento losing, giving up 113 points to Sacramento. 133 points, pardon me, to Sacramento. Ending the month of... uh, January with a 10-game losing streak, and it just was what it was. Wiggins put up beautiful numbers, as they usually did, against the Sacramento Kings, and that was great and everything, but still, oof 36 points. And Carl didn't have the best game ever, but he was there. But again, I guess that's why we gave up that many points instead of Gorgie Jang starting, because, you know, that was kind of the, that was the tale in Carl Anthony Towns. Whenever he was the starting center, the Wolves would give up a ton of points and probably lose. It was a bad record with Carl in the lineup this last year. Very rough season, but you end the month of January with a 10-game losing streak intact, and it just keeps going to a, a 11, 12, 13 games in a row after losing to the Clippers, the Kings again, the Kings again, and the Atlanta Hawks. You finally beat, you finally end it after uh, something very exciting happens. <laughs> Some epic trades take place. Again, the Allen Crabb one didn't mean a whole lot. It just kind of got rid of uh, Mr. Teague. But then the Wolves start going crazy in about a two-day period here. I mean, it was one player after another traded. Again, you let go of Alan Crabb on the 29th of February, ultimately waived. He did not resurface from my memory. But then the Wolves make some of the, cra- the crazy trades here with the uh, Houston Rockets. Four-team trade with Denver, Atlanta, Houston, and the Wolves. Denver, Atlanta, Houston, and Minnesota. Very, very crazy. The Wolves end up acquiring, well, let's say it's just the biggest mess ever. You trade away Noah Vunley to Denver. Robert Covington to Houston, who was very valuable. Jordan Bell to Houston. Malik Beasley comes to Minnesota, which was very exciting. Juancho Herman Gomez ended up being pretty solid. We'll see what happens with his future. He can shoot a little bit from the outside. Evan Turner also traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Evan Turner, a guy who, when I was listening to the 2012, or excuse me, the 2010 State of the Timberwolves, I was very high on him. And it's like in hindsight, whew, boy. Ten years later, Evan Turner, whew, boy. I mean, we didn't even let him suit up. We were so disinterested in him, and he didn't really, you know, we just figured he's not going to really be a part of this organization. No disrespect, it just is what it is. Uh, Vanderbilt also acquired from Denver. Jared Vanderbilt didn't really see a whole lot of action, but we'll see. Caterbate Shop headed to Denver. 
Uh, Shabazz Napier headed to Denver. And then the Wolves also, underneath all this, traded Gorgie Zhang for James Johnson. Gorgie Zhang to Memphis, which is kind of sad. But James Johnson, he looks like a pastor. Gotta like that guy. He's really cool. A pastor with a lot of tattoos, anyway. <laughs> what a cool guy, though. Unfortunately, he's just so damn short. Uh, he's like Sam Mitchell's height, about 6'7", and he brings a bit of a Sam Mitchell game. Um, it sucks that he's kind of small. So it's like when you put him at center, it's like, what the hell kind of lineup is that? Is that a 6'7 center? This ain't high school. You know, high school basketball, 6'7 center. Okay, yeah. NBA? Hmm. Yep, I, I, I know. But uh, pretty epic acquisitions. I remember thinking the Wolves traded Gurgi Zhang also. It was just kind of everything happening at once in the 5th and the 6th pretty much. And then all of a sudden something unbelievable happens. And then the news starts breaking as I'm about to head to work. Wolves acquire D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. And I, I just like about hit the ceiling. I mean like, okay, so here's the thing. I was kind of like, you know, it's $40 million, or excuse me, $30 million a year, basically, for uh, D'Angelo Russell. Wow, that was a big lightning bolt there, just out the window. Not literally, but apparently a few miles away if it hasn't made a big boom yet. <laughs> but um, that's basically what it was, a big strike of lightning. About, about you know, almost 1 o'clock as I start to head to work, and I get this doo-doo, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I think I'd kind of conked out for a couple of seconds, so I take a short, tiny nap, usually before I go to work. And then there's this alert just flashing at me. And I'm like, this is this is insane. This is absolutely insane. So it's like, you, it's one thing, $30 million a year going to D'Angelo Russell, and it's like, that's a lot of money. Is he really franchise type of, a franchise type of guard? But you traded away Andrew Wiggins. So that contract is gone. So it's like, okay, that contract is completely gone. You figured you have to include him somehow in order to make the money happen. But who would actually do it? Well, the Warriors did it. The other thing is, though, the Wolves uh, <laughs> going into next season would also give up a first-round pick that is protected only 2-3. So if it's the fourth pick in the draft after next season, Warriors get it anyway. Even if it's the fourth pick in the draft, the Wolves would lose that pick. So could end up being unbelievably expensive. Hopefully D'Angelo and co. Uh, bring the Wolves... <laughs> to higher heights than the fourth pick in the draft the next year, and the Wolves won't have to suffer too much. Andrew Wiggins goes to Golden State. Just an unbelievable feeling. The Wolves also acquire Jacob Evans and Omari Spellman in the trade. Guys that barely saw any action at all. Kind of guys, that, you know, kind of shooting guard. Uh, shooting guard and Jacob Evans. Power forward and Spellman, but he's a shorter power forward because everybody's short these days. And the Wolves acquire point guard slash, you know, he could kind of play combo guard a bit. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, but he's generally a point guard. Smooth, 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 smooth game. We'll see about his defense and how things go from there, but what an outstanding effort from D'Angelo Russell. Nice to see him suit up with the Wolves. It was a lot of fun to watch, but the Wolves just kept losing anyway. Um, you had that epic game against the LA Clippers right after that. D'Angelo Russell was not going to play, and Carl did play in this game, if I remember correctly. Yes, he did. 22 points, 9 assists. Just lots of fun to watch. Kept the Kings down to, or excuse me, the Clippers down to 115. This was one of the great wins of the whole season, and the vibe across this team was just dazzling, and everybody was so excited. It was just a different world after losing what 13 in a row, 11 in a row. I mean, you combine that, it's just an, you know 24 losses in a row if you combine everything together. I'm just using that, but I mean those are huge losing streaks that combined for 24 losses in a very small amount of small amount of time. Pardon me. Uh, I mean, the Wolves shoot 55%. They shoot 60% from downtown. 
26 of 44. It was just a three-point fest. Nas Reed, even four of six from downtown. Nas Reed. Malik Beasley just recently acquired. This was his first game with the Wolves. Just went absolutely nuts. Hernan Gomez, three of three from downtown. I mean, just a positive vibe. You felt like a million dollars. And reality would set in almost immediately after this. But hey, you enjoyed it for one night. It was so beautiful and so sexy. And it was so much fun. Oh, D'Angelo Russell's over there, and he's all excited. He announced to the Wolves we're going to have a lot of fun. D'Angelo Russell suits up for the Timberwolves against the Toronto Maple Leaf Raptors, and you get to see Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell play in a game together. And it was a lot of fun, but the Wolves still end up losing 137-126 to 126 because they are the world champions. Even though they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore, they're still freaking good. They're still a division champion slash Eastern Conference threat big time. They still might win without him because of how damn good the, the young man and Pascal Siakam is, because he kind of, he's the next Kawhi Leonard, basically. 6 of 8 from downtown, 14 of 21, and phenomenal defense. I mean, he's the next Kawhi Leonard. Just saw Kawhi. Who the heck knew who Kawhi Leonard really was in the draft years ago? He could have been a Timberwolf. 2010 draft, if I remember correctly. Wesley Johnson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, let that sink in. Let's just let that sink in. Wesley Johnson, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, just let that sink in. Just let that sink in, you know. Doesn't that just make you sick? <laughs> you got to see D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns play in a game, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Wolves end up losing, but it was a lot of fun, and you got all this hope. Okay, fine, we lost to Toronto. We never win in Toronto, ever, even when they stunk. Maybe, maybe Vince Carter was good, but everyone else stunk on that team at the time. <sighs> but then, that was it. That's it. No more Carl and D'Angelo. February 10th. Happy birthday, Dad. You know, that was it, though. You know, Dad's birthday present, not really. He doesn't. He didn't really watch the game. But uh, that was it. That was it. No more Carl Anthony Towns. And little did we know, he'd never play again for the Wolves this season because the virus and stuff. The wrist injury just kind of took over. And it just ended up being worse than they thought. And we still don't know what's going on. He'd still be out, possibly. And obviously, he's coping with the loss of his mother, understandably. Malik Beasley would be dominant and have great games. He'd talk real big. But um, generally speaking, it was kind of an inconsistent remainder of the season. Still losing to freaking Charlotte, which is crazy. But uh, James Johnson, nice veteran leadership. Uh, Jordan McLaughlin was so valuable, especially you know when you didn't have D'Angelo Russell yet. Jordan McLaughlin was very valuable in some of those games. Um, generally speaking, Alan Crabb couldn't hit a shot for us. It was just kind of a waste. But, uh, I mean, you gave up Jeff Teague, you weren't going to resign him anyway. So it's just like a what-the-heck kind of a move. You know, <laughs> both players went from one... Not real good team to another. Not real good team. But, uh, yeah, it's funny how that all turned out, actually. But, uh, hey, we have D'Angelo Russell, and we never got to see Carl and D'Angelo play together again. It's funny how a lot of local media said they never played a game together. Yes, they did. They played one game together, and it was a fun game to watch, actually. Very fun. And there's hope for the future, but it was just one game. And one game, you're not going to really develop, uh, uh, you know, lasting chemistry, like a 10-year chemistry with a guy in one game. Um, so that's just all you got to see. It's one thing you can practice together until the cows come home or the blue, or you know, until hell freezes over, but not, not, it's not going to matter for uh, really a hill of beans until you get into real games, how you can really handle situations. But um, that was just kind of it. The Wolves would lose, like, how many games in a row after this? You get one, two, three. Again, there's the all-star break, which was mediocre. You lose five in a row. You get you get to beat Miami with Jimmy Butler. You finally beat the Butthead, which was a lot of fun. D'Angelo Russell would have a great game. Jimmy Butler would be he would have a sore back situation, and the Wolves would just finally beat Jimmy Butler. 
was a lot of fun, and that was kind of the highlight the rest of the year, other than you got to see D'Angelo Russell play fairly well. It was a lot of fun. You got to see the, 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 the blue fox out there is what I called him, because the blue jersey. Can't call him the silver fox, because he's not old enough, and he's not Brett Favre, basically. But uh, the rest of the way, you got to see the blue fox play, and he was it was entertaining. It was fun to watch. We'd win a couple games in a row against New Orleans and Chicago. You know, you lose to Dallas, Orlando. We lose to Orlando twice, basically, in about a week there. Home away, of course. You lose to New Orleans, lose to Houston. And you never play again the rest of the year. So the season ended on March 10th, and the Wolves finish 19-45. and But you got hope with D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns played in one game. One game. One, 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 one game. That's all it was. That's all it was. <laughs> Pretty entertaining stuff. So at least we have that. We have a bright hope for the future. It just sucks that we got to wait for it forever. I'm not sure when the Wolves are going to play again. And, of course, the postseason has not happened yet. This is the weirdest ever. I mean, you'd think, okay, we're going to go to segment 1.5, where we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the postseason. That was my new little tradition, where it's going to be all, all the wall Wolves, but we'll throw in 1.5, rather than, you know, Wolves season wrap-up, talk about the postseason, and then get into the future with the Wolves, with the draft and the free agency and all that. Yeah, but, you know, because it's just like I talk too much about the postseason, so instead I did a minor 2.5, give a little thoughts about the finals and maybe other things that took place during the course of the postseason. Nope. Uh, this year, well, the draft is a long, 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 long ways to go, but I'll still talk about it briefly. Free agency, it's even longer, far away. Uh, we're talking about free agency in October, November. What the flips? What the flip is going on? That's like, I don't even know who that is. That's not even the links, is it? I don't know who that is. It's just weird, and I, I I don't know what else to say or do. I can do the Timberwolves season wrap-up, and I can still talk about the draft and hear your guys' opinion on things, but that's kind of how it is right now. Um, I will save your guys' opinions for the uh, uh, fan interaction segment. Right now, it's the present Timberwolves and the season wrap-up, so I guess it's the past, per se. MVP, biggest disappointment, biggest surprise. Where do you go with all this? Oh, boy. Well, the MVP of the season, to me... <sighs> It's not going to be a player, even though maybe you could quietly go with D'Angelo Russell because I don't think it was Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, defensively, he struggled mightily. If it's a player, it's D'Angelo Russell because he brings the hope, or even Malik Beasley, actually. You could even go with Malik Beasley, how damn good he was. He can play a little defense, and he can be a spark plug, and he brings that confidence that the Wolves really have lacked forever, that that kind of that grittiness, the attitude, the confidence we've lacked since Kevin Garnett, per se. Um you got the confidence with Garnett, but he didn't have that go. Uh, he didn't really have the go getter attitude offensively. He was he was a go getter defensively, and he deserved more recognition defensively than he got. Uh, generally speaking, until he went to Boston when he finally got Defensive Player of the Year. Garnett should have probably had one in two thousand two, two thousand three, and probably his MVP season oh three oh four. He probably could have had two or three of them with the Minnesota Timberwolves and never got that recognition. I don't know why. He'd always be in the conversation, but he never got it. And then 07-08, immediately he gets it and wins the championship. So it was like, screw the MVP, give him Defensive Player of the Year. He definitely deserved that. But uh, in 03-04, he could have gotten both. In 02-03, Garnett could have gotten both. And going all the way back to 99-2000, Garnett was second place of the entire year for MVP to uh, Shaquille O'Neal. And 02-03, he was second place to Tim Duncan. So, I mean, it's just it just kind of was what it was. The Lakers dynasty was just getting going with Shaq and Kobe back in 2000, and Shaq had an unbelievable season that year. To consider Garnett was second in the whole league to that guy is pretty damn impressive. Uh, and then in 
0203, a lot of people regarded Tim Duncan as probably the best player in the league at the time. And unfortunately, arch rival to the Wolves, and uh, well, arch rival for Garnett. Uh, most people would say Spurs and Wolves, it's not rivals because Spurs were so many levels above us. So it just is what it is. They, they were. I hate saying it. I hate it. But uh, generally, our rivals have been, you know, in the past, it was like Dallas when the Wolves weren't good and the Mavericks weren't good. A big rival for the Wolves, I think, would be Denver and Portland, teams like that. They're they're good teams, and they're it's an entertaining rivalry. Sometimes uh, OKC could be a pretty entertaining rival, too. I'd say those are probably our top three rivals right now, particularly in the division and just kind of a general rival, per se, at the end of the day. It ain't Houston, it's, even though they're not winning championships anymore. There's no Hakeem, there's no, you know... Otis Thorpe, no, Robert Ory, Hakeem and Robert Ory, Sam Cassell, that's the Rockets boy back in the day. This current roster, they're really talented, but yeah, obviously they're not a rival either. Portland, yeah, I'd say our best rivals are Portland, Denver, and uh, OKC, generally speaking. Dallas is not in our division anymore, and they even won a championship and had some great seasons. Uh, I put them in the championship conversation a couple of times there. Um, so that's kind of what that is. Your MVP for this season, it's going to go to Gerson. I'm going to give it to Gerson Rosas because, you know, it's the first time I've ever really given it to, given it to a non-player. It, it really is. Uh, again, if it's a player, it's going to be Malik Beasley because of the attitude he brought. I mean, you want to say D'Angelo Russell, but Beasley was the most consistent generally out of those guys, and it was such a short stretch. I mean, February 5th to March 10th, that's the crappy part. We didn't really get to see them for a long stretch of time. Carl Anthony Towns just there just was not a good vibe around Carl Anthony Towns most of the year. The defense wasn't good. Again, the injury this, the illness that. So I'm not going to bash on him, but he was it was his most disappointing season as a Timberwolf, even though his statistics were pretty good. You know, his stats are good, but there's more basketball than stats. I think we all know that. I mean, his stats were good. Okay, 26.5 a game. You're not going to say he's the MVP of the team. Are you an idiot? No, his defense wasn't good. It just wasn't good. you got to have a little bit better defensive effort from a guy. I mean, okay, he's the best player on the team. He is the most valuable Timberwolf. Carl Anthony Towns is the most valuable Timberwolf. But was he the most valuable player for the last season? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I, I just, you know, I mean, when the win-loss record was as bad as it was with him in the lineup, I, I'm sorry, I can't do it. It sure as hell wasn't Wiggins. I'm glad he was able to make a move there. <laughs> oh, God. It was a rough go, though, Carl Anthony Towns in the lineup, though. I mean, it really was a rough go at the end of the day. It was a, it was a very disappointing season with Carl in the, in, in, in the lineup, unfortunately. Um, sometimes you just got to be honest about the situation. That's pretty much how things went, uh, with no disrespect to him at all. Um, biggest disappointment... <laughs> The lack of health for Carl Anthony Towns, the lack of health, generally speaking, sickness and injuries, that's what I would say in a lot of ways. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was extremely disappointing most of the time, even though he'd have some positive moments. Um, I mean, it kind of is what it is. I mean, Jeff Teague, how could you really be disappointed in him? Not because he was good, but because he wasn't good. And the expectations just weren't there. You know, just not, not a very good contract, but luckily it wasn't very long. Thank you. Thank you for not signing him to a long contract. That's the thing. You give him a lot of money, but it was short. That's good. That's that's good. I mean, good job to Carl uh, Anthony Towns and Mr. Scott Layden there. Did I just say Carl Anthony Towns? Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden for being, you know, frugal with that, at least in terms of the term, in terms of the term. Wrap your head around that. Or, yeah, that was kind of a weird way of saying it, but it worked. Uh, 
rolls right off your tongue, right? But no, just a very negative win-loss record with Carl. Poor defense, frustrating, this and that. <clears throat> Jared Culver was a bit disappointing, mildly disappointing. You know, I mean, when you watched him in Texas Tech, though, his offense wasn't that good. His defense was better than his offense. And Texas Tech's defense was awesome. But they just weren't able to, to hold uh, to hold their own against Virginia. And unfortunately, had no national championship this past year. How weird is that? Oh, that's freaking weird. Oh, that's weird. Isn't that weird? Uh, the health of a lot of players, though, again, Jake Lehman with a dog on toe injury. That's another disappointment for the season. It's freaking frustrating and disappointing, generally speaking. So it's just kind of a mix of things. I'm not going to kick on Carl Anthony Towns, just the whole situation of the injuries, the sicknesses and such, and then that gosh darn Mickey freaking coronavirus, too. So it's just health in general. Health in general, you're getting the biggest disappointment. So it's not even going to be players most of the time, generally speaking. Biggest surprise is Malik Beasley. Um, biggest surprise is Malik Beasley. So there's your player. Biggest surprise is Malik Beasley, pardon me, and just the trade of the trade of uh, D'Angelo Russell going through with Andrew Wiggins. That's a, just an unbelievable surprise. Uh, when you want to just say an, an event during the course of the season, that was an unbelievable surprise. A lot of us had given up hope, even though it still existed. You just figured it's never going to happen. It's just D'Angelo Russell's going to get traded somewhere. Warriors, he, he's not a fit with the Warriors. You can't have Curry, Clay Thompson, and D'Angelo Russell there. You knew that wasn't going to last. But uh, at the end of the day, they're able to work things out. It just didn't match for the previous trade. With Wiggins going to this place and that guy going to that place, it wouldn't have worked where this time it did. So uh, the trade was able to do uh, it. Maybe that's what really took place. The Warriors just kind of held on to him temporarily. They still got Andrew Wiggins. They still got a very mostly unprotected first-round pick. Uh, It's protected only one through three, which is insane. So we all know about the Wolves getting a top three pick. That's like almost never. <clears throat> and only you know, only a couple of times it's ever really truly worked out. That's the really frustrating part at the end of the day. Uh, Malik Beasley, to me, was the biggest surprise because he just came in here and kicked ass. Uh, he was a, uh, you know, he had some nice moments with Denver, but he was more of a role player with Denver. Uh, 11.3 a game in 18-19, and then 19-20, his minutes got slashed by about five, about five minutes less than the year before, which, I don't know, field goal percentage below 40% for the first time in his career, three-point percentage down to 36, comes to Minnesota, and it's just like a new man. 33 minutes a game, 47% from the floor, 43% from downtown, 20.7 points a game. Is that sustainable? I have no idea, but again, five rebounds as well. Five rebounds, and hopefully the free throw percentage can get back into the 80s where it was before, because he was down to 75 Seems like everybody that comes here can't shoot frickin' free throws. Andrew Wiggins maybe passed that on to him somehow during the course of the, the different hours there of those couple massive, massive, massive trades that took place. Uh, that massive four-team trade, which was just fascinating stuff. Uh, but no, Gerson Rosas's ability to collaborate with members of his staff and other front, front offices through the league to pull off these trades, because I do think there was some collaboration going on we can't make this trade now, uh, you know, Golden State, but we can make it in, in uh, you know, in February, January, February, as we head towards the trade deadline. I do think there was some collaboration with that deal, and it took place, and things went the way they did. It was absolutely great. So, an amazing, amazing run from Malik Beasley. What an awesome, awesome acquisition he truly was for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and it made us all feel like a million dollars. Made us all feel like a million dollars. Absolutely 
exciting. Unfortunately, we got to sign him. He's a restricted free agent. So that's the other part of it. And that's what we're going to talk about in the next segment is who we sign, who we don't sign, uh, draft night, this and that. It's going to be fun when all that takes place. is like a bajillion years from now. And we'll probably get into it again in a show in October and fall and stuff, which is weird. And we'll talk about this and that during the course of the summer, maybe reminisce some more. Uh, some other NBA TV type of conversation, this and that. Uh, but that's just kind of how that's going to go. It's a weird situation, and I think you all understand it, but at least I was able to wrap the season up for you. That's the biggest surprise. Very, very cool stuff. So with that, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll look to the future with the Minnesota Timberwolves and who's going to stay, who's going to go, and who's going to get acquired. Unfortunately, we don't know even know when we're picking. So, of course, we'll talk about that around the draft lottery, which I believe is around... October, or excuse me, August 25th. August 25th. August 25th will be the NBA lottery. NBA draft lottery. So, okay, I think the Wolves would approximately pick in the top three right now, which is kind of cool. So we'll talk about that in segment number two before I'm going to jump ahead. I don't really want to do that. So with that, we will take a quick break for now and get into it next. You have Carl Anthony Towns. You have D'Angelo Russell. Another significant piece added to the mix, along with Malik Beasley and the 16th pick in the draft as well. Not bad, eh? And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Segment number two, we're going to look at the draft and free agency. So, of course, we're going to look at adding a significant piece to this club, maybe a couple pieces. Uh, free agency, things are going to open up a little bit because a lot of guys coming off the books. Alan Grab, Jeff Teague, of course, his contract. All that stuff coming off the books. So things will open up and uh, we'll see some help with the salary cap and all that good stuff. So it's going to be quite interesting as we bounce back and forth. Uh, I didn't mean Jeff Teague. Evan Turner, pardon me. I got him mixed up with Alan Crab. So multiple players coming off the books. You ultimately go from, and I'm jumping ahead, I was wanting to do free agency second, but you get the idea. Uh, salary for the Timberwolves last year with D'Angelo and all that, uh, you know, uh, 132706000 going down to 94407000 So a little bit of cap space to work with, possibly for the Timberwolves moving forward. That's the good part. And no big contract is looming necessarily, except for Malik Beasley. That's going to be very interesting. He has a player option of 38 and I don't think he's going to exercise that. So, yeah, look at me jumping ahead. Let's get to the draft, shall we? So, NBADraft.net, you got the, the mock draft situation. This is just in case the ping pong balls go exactly as they're supposed to. Tim Rules would pick third in the draft, and they have us taking LaMelo Ball. But we just signed, like, uh, we just traded for D'Angelo Russell. So, we're going to draft LaMelo Ball. Yeah, that makes perfect sense uh, if David Kahn was the general manager. And it doesn't mean LaMelo Ball would be a bad player. He's got potential. We'll talk about him in a second. But I don't think LaMelo Ball would be at my uh, top of my focus if I was uh, Gerson Rosas at this moment. Pardon me for the background noise, trying to keep myself uh, <laughs> able to breathe around here. I don't want it to get too hot and sweaty around here when I'm doing the show. Um, I, I, I'm looking for somebody larger. Uh, you look at the situation with the Timberwolves. You have Carl Anthony Towns is basically seven foot, and the next tall guy basically is like six seven. I mean, yeah, I think we need a power forward in here, or maybe a center and move Carl to power forward. Uh, myself, Marcus the Forecaster, many others have talked about Marcus, uh, Marcus, have talked about uh, Timberwolves need a power forward, or Carl at power forward. 
So different possible options as we head forward. Nas Reed, of course, is another option at the center position, but like, you know, Wancho, Hernan Gomez, I mean, no offense to him. He's a decent player. He's 6'9", so pardon me. He's 6'9", but is he really like a legitimate point guard or power forward of the future? I don't know. He's all right. He, you know, he's he's just all right. Jordan McLaughlin's a nice backup point guard. I think we're good at the point guard position. I mean, D'Angelo Bleepin' Russell. Again, I would hope you acquire D'Angelo Russell to be your starting point guard. You want to move him to shooting guard? I think you're going to have to score 150 points a game. Uh, unless the point guard we acquire is the best defensive player ever. And then everybody else on the team is phenomenal. Maybe some other players that I'm going to be mentioning here in a minute that are extremely good defensive players. You're going to have to hope for the best there. Obviously, Evan Turner's off the books. But Vanderbilt is a team option. We'll see what happens with that. Wigging, Wigginton, that's a funny one. Lindell Wigginton. <laughs> Never sued up for the Wolves. Ah, oh, boy, what an interesting situation. Very, very interesting situation. Again, James Johnson can certainly play the position... Uh, he can play power forward in the center, but he's six seven. I mean, I know you like small ball and everything, but let me tell you, <laughs> small ball, huh? Really, that's uh, that's too small. Uh, that's just too small. Uh, Jared Culver, well, I mean, you didn't take him with the fifth pick in the draft unless you're planning on trading him somehow this summer if you're looking at taking another shooting guard or point guard. I just don't see the Wolves drafting a guard at all. Uh, like later on, maybe a flyer on somebody and you still have to possibly make a move with Josh Akogi, Jared Culver. Somebody's probably going to have to get traded. You had Wiggins also before. That was just insane. But he's gone. You get D'Angelo, though, of course. Now you're set at point guard when before that you had uh, either Jeff Teague or Jordan McLaughlin or Jordan McLaughlin and Shabazz Napier. That got extremely interesting, but not that Napier was that bad. He actually was surprisingly good. You got Jake Lehman to help out at the power forward position, but is he really like this big man type of guy? He's a stretch player, but is he like somebody you really are looking at as a power forward? No, he's not somebody you look at as a power forward for this team. He's, he's a small forward as far as I'm concerned. He can play power forward, but to me, he's a small forward. He, he, he's a small forward who can play power forward. Versatility is nice and everything, but don't you want like a natural big man? Don't you want a natural big man besides Carl Anthony Towns? I, I'm, I'm not saying slow the game down, and there's certain guys in this draft that could possibly be around 16, or if you want to trade up a spot to 14, that could uh, be that could help you out at a stretch four position. Stretch four, who can play a legitimate big man game with a stretch stretch four game added, which would be absolutely great. So that's just how I look at things when you come forward. Hernan Gomez averages like seven and a half rebounds a game. It's not the biggest numbers ever, but it sure as hell ain't the worst. Again, again, I'm just gonna keep saying it. I just. Uh, just looking for it. I'm just really looking forward to uh, getting a legit rebounder in here and shot blocker to help out Carl and all that good stuff. With all that said and all my babbling, let's look at the actual draft itself, the mock draft. So Golden State, if they end up getting the ping pong and all that stuff, would take Anthony Edwards, who looks to be a star heading forward and all that. And I, I like him a lot. And if the Wolves get the number one pick, I think that's about where I would go, even though, again, it creates a kerfuffle, but this guy's that good. <clears throat> Anthony Edwards, to me, is the best player in this draft. He's absolutely outstanding. You do not draft a need when you have the number one pick in the draft. You draft the best player no matter what. No matter what your situation is, Portland Trailblazers wish they drafted the best player available in the 84 draft. That's just one example. Now, that's just one example. Greg Oden versus Kevin Durant. Oh, Portland again. Oh, I'm sorry, Portland. Yeah, you can tell I don't like the Blazers very much during the course of the years of doing the show, but I feel bad for them about that one. <laughs> I mean, I, I really do, but they kind of got us back with the Brandon Roy and all that. Randy Randy Foy, Brandon Roy, and then we did get Brandon Roy, and yeah, he lasted five games, and we paid him $5 million. 
five million dollars, like Marcus the Forecaster would say. One of my all-time favorite uh, lines that he made. I don't think I have that saved on here. I thought I did, though. Uh, maybe I do. <laughs> Let's see, just in a split second here. It's not in here. I thought I had it. What the heck? I thought I had it saved somewhere. I probably do, and I'll find it somewhere. Where I love the way Marcus said it, $5 million. And yeah, not that that's important at this moment. Uh, and Anthony Edwards, though, we'll talk about him in a half of a second here. But he's likely to go number one overall. Uh, then you're looking at Obi Toppin, who I like an awful lot. I'm going to talk about him first. Going to Cleveland, six foot nine, uh, two twenty power forward from Dayton. Really like him. And then Lamelo Ball coming to the Wolves. James Wiseman going fourth to Atlanta. Killian Hayes, who I didn't really look at, point guard out of France, going to Detroit. Devin Vassell. Now that's a well. When we talked about Trenton Hassel, and he was a defensive force. Devin Vassell going to the Knicks, possibly, or you know, obviously we don't know if he's going to the Knicks or not, but he's a defensive force. He's an absolute force. Uh, there are so many point guards in this draft, it's unbelievable. And that a lot of the power forward slash centers are like six foot nine. I mean, we're talking about centers at six nine here. What the hell's going on with this league? And it's like, I don't know, are seven footers just ogres who can't move nowadays, or what's the deal? Uh, I won't say that about James Wiseman, though. If you have the chance to take the the if you have a chance to take the seven one wise man. Because he's you know, I I would be pretty happy actually. Let's get to some of these guys right here right now. I'll be topping who is probably the highest-ranked player on my board, other than Anthony Edwards, of course. We're talking about these two guys at the top anyway. Uh, he needs to add muscle. He's six foot nine, two twenty. That's kind of small for a power forward, obviously kind of lanky. Certainly got a ton of skill, though, as I sip this uh, wonderful RC Cola here. Pardon me. <laughs> uh, he needs to add muscle. He can hit from the outside, so you got the stretch forward uh, deal there. He honestly would be a perfect fit with, uh, with what the Wolves regime wants to do because he's got a smooth outside shot. He's extremely athletic, strong around the rim. With added muscle, he could be a force for many years. Uh, would take a lot of pressure off of Cat. Uh, he's very good in traffic. Not afraid of contact. Would be fun to see him in the NCAA tournament. Would have been fun to see him, but because Dayton actually had a very strong year. Dayton might have went on a nice run. And I remember a couple of years ago, they went to the Elite Eight. I was very happy for them. I enjoyed that. Dayton, Ohio, of course. Love their, uh, love their uniforms. I like Dayton. I like Dayton. And uh, Obi... Obi Tuppen. Obi Tuppen. That's a pretty interesting name. Obi-Wan Kenobi or uh, Poppin' Fresh or Toppin' Poppin' or whatever the heck you want to call him. Looks good. Maybe he's topping, he's popping some threes and he's topping those uh, Rookie of the Year numbers. Yeah, I mean, you could go all over the place with that one. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi... Okay, I'm sorry. I can't help it. It's just... It's a very unique name, isn't it? It's, it's unique and you can... The, the Obi part is... Star Wars, and then the Toppin part makes you, makes me think of Poppin' Fresh, which later became Baker Square. Or Topper's Pizza. Mmm, yum. Obviously not a free plug because they owe me $9 million. No, I'm kidding. I wish they were around a little more often, though. There's like one of them, like, ever. Damn it. <laughs> but uh, no, Obi Toppin would be a nice pick for the Wolves. A lot of uh, the experts out there have talked about him as a perfect fit for Minnesota. If we pick third, which we might, we might not, whatever's going to happen. And, of course, the draft won't be to, like, freaking oh, October, November, and we'll get back into it at the time again later. Maybe an updated version of what I'm doing now, uh, basically. So I'll keep these notes exactly where they are and maybe update them during the course of time. But, obviously, they want to play the college game from now and then. That's the one thing. At least I don't think they will have. Maybe, no, no, none of these guys will have played. Duh, they're just sitting and waiting. I can't imagine how bad that sucks. Because you're waiting for your payday, and damn, <laughs> and you don't know when the bleeping season's going to start for uh, n next year. It's not like they're going to be suiting up 
you know, going into these, uh, this, this later season thing, and now that's even starting to blow up in our face. Chris Romano commented about that just a second ago on Facebook, or, well, should I say an hour and a half ago or so. Um, but, yeah, Obi Toppin is a guy I would definitely be looking at very strongly. Anthony Edwards, if they have the number one pick in the draft, it's between Toppin, Edwards, guys like that. I mean, who knows? If you have the number one pick in the draft, it's up to you, right? It, the ball's in your court. Uh, this guy, Anthony Edwards, though, 6'5", 225. I love his size. He's got an NBA body. I like this guy. All these guys are like 230 when they're like 6'9". And then they're, you know, they're 6'5", and they're like 180 and stuff. This guy's a big mutter, mutter hucker. 6'5", 225. So shooting guard out of Georgia. Pardon my French. They're a freshman. Now, Obi Toppin was a sophomore, so... That's just another thing to be uh, of note. He was one more year in college along like a, a former gopher who I really like in this draft. Oh, guys locally, the Jeff Johnsons of the world and such probably have a pretty good idea who I'm talking about. Jeff Johnson locally out of Edina. Awesome, awesome guy. Uh, man, I've known him for four years already. Wow. I, I, it was a four-year friendversary or whatever a little while ago. Okay, sorry. I think uh, Anthony Edwards Vance. Just the guy is clutch. He's a killer. He's an assassin. I'd take him number one. I would take him number one and make a trade. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know if you're going to get value for anybody, but you got to make a trade. I mean, you got to make room for Anthony Edwards. He's your starting shooting guard. Oh, matter if you do a sign and trade with Malik, because I don't think he's interested in being a backup again. It'd be like nothing personal. It's business. I mean, <laughs> the guy's a cold-blooded mother, man. I'm telling you, he's cold-blooded. Uh, ice in his veins from downtown is capable of taking over a game, and it's He's looked on as, a, as the quintessential number one pick in the draft because the sky's the limit for this guy. He has the NBA body, like I mentioned, and he'll be good right away. Uh, he makes everything look easy. Uh, he's got a great first step. He's very explosive. He can kind of do it all, really. Uh, he can make some passes, this and that, but that cold-blooded three-point shot he has, along with just being able to do whatever he wants, uh, he can slash and shoot. So it's like, again, keeping the defense honest all by himself. That's why he's the number one pick in the draft. I absolutely love Anthony Edwards, and if the Wolves somehow win the lottery, I take Anthony Edwards, and uh, you got to go from there. It, it sucks to see people go, but you got to do it. I mean, Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, as Paul Allen would say, let's go! <laughs> yeah, that's a damn good team. Damn good trio, anyway. James Wiseman. So if you have the third or fourth pick in the draft, Anthony Edwards, Obi Toppin are gone, most likely, maybe, unless the that's whoever has number one, uh, number two pick takes Wiseman. But if Wiseman's sitting there at three or four, and uh, maybe you were higher on Toppin, but he's already gone, seven foot one, uh, 235, not the most strongest guy in the world, but he can get bigger. Uh, seven foot, of course. Seven plus, anyway. He's got a seven six wingspan. Very, very agile. Uh, very agile. I mean, this isn't the beat. Remember the beat, Hashim the beat. Me and Marcus the forecaster talked about him back in the 2010 uh, State of the Timberwolves. Of course, now he was in the draft in 2009, but we reviewed him in that one, and we're like, "What the hell happened there?" Uh, James Wiseman is not Hashim to beat, Hashim to beat uh, at all. Uh, he's the big guy from Memphis in this draft, so it's kind of similar in a lot of ways. But this time, this guy can actually move. Uh, he's agile. He does a lot of that you'd want from a natural center, including rebounding. Uses his length to his advantage. Using his length to his advantage. Uh, he would really help free up Cat, and I feel be a difference maker for this team. I, I really do. I mean, you can move Carl to power forward. I know this might not be what the team wants to do because it's not like he's a stretch. This guy's not a stretch guy. He's a natural center. But would, it, would putting a natural center next to Carl Anthony Towns hurt this team? 
I, I, I don't think it would. I really don't think it would. I'm just afraid that this franchise is kind of set in their thought process of small ball, small ball, small ball. Oh, then you better take the next guy. I'm going to mention that if you're going to head that direction. Take him. Please take him if he's if he's available, you know, later on. Obviously, probably not third or fourth overall, but if oh, the next guy, then if you want to stretch for, I'll, I'll get to him in a couple seconds here. But uh, I really like James Wiseman a lot. I like him an awful lot. I think he'd be a huge... Uh, I think he'd be a, a huge upgrade. Carl Anthony Towns would be free. He'd actually block more shots. He would be less of a liability defensively. I mean, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. Really good shot blockers, Wiseman, like I said. The team desperately needs that. Um, wouldn't have to count on Towns for that. We'd be able to move him to power forward. Uh, one thing, he can foul out sometimes. You know, he, Sometimes he's a little too aggressive with the shot blocking. He needs to get stronger. He's pretty raw, obviously in a lot of areas, but long-term, he's compared to DeAndre Jordan, so we're not looking for major offense from him, though I'm sure he's capable of doing it, and we saw some nice, uh, solid plays from him, but compared to DeAndre Jordan, meaning he's like a shot-blocking machine, like a four or five block type of guy, I mean, he is just a monster around the rim, and I would love to have him. I would love to have James Wiseman if he's available, and, um, you know, say other guys like Obi Toppin aren't there. I would take James Wiseman. Now, remember, the Wolves do have the 16th pick in the draft, so we're going to kind of bounce around with guys that might be floating around the 16th pick, or maybe you're going to trade up to get the 12th, or the 14th, or the 15th, whatever. Um, wouldn't it be nice to see Daniel Oturu on the Timberwolves? Wouldn't it be nice? Imagine you take, imagine you get unbelievably lucky and you get Obi Toppin or Anthony Edwards, or maybe Wiseman, who knows, or one of the other guys out there, which I don't think you're going to take LaMelo Ball. And then you still need the big guy. And you get Daniel Oturo, Minnesota Gophers. 6'10", 240. Nice size there. Very muscular. Um, play. He, he's got a good, solid post game. He can get, hit those turnaround shots. He's strong in traffic. Nice form on his hook shot. Strong shot blocker. He's a very capable outside shooter, though. Which, yet again, fits the modern game, baby. It meshes well with what, what, what uh, Gerson Rosas wants to do. In a short time, he would be a legitimate double-double type of guy in the NBA. If he's at 16, I take him for sure. I mean, I absolutely take Daniel Oturo at 16 if he's sitting there. He's probably a power forward in the NBA with uh, with Towns, but would be a great combo. Uh, this team desperately needs talent with size and would be an upgrade from Gordon Zhang. Could you imagine, though? Like, you get one of those nice players at the top, and then you get Daniel Oturo with 16 or something, or you trade up. You trade up somehow, some way. Maybe you move a Kogi. Maybe you move God knows who. And you're able to get Daniel Oturu. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> I'd be really happy. I mean, what if we got Anthony Edwards and Daniel Oturu? I would just be floating on air. I mean, I'd be just floating on air. <laughs> I would just be... <laughs> and I love Josh Kogi, don't get me wrong, but Anthony Edwards and Daniel Oturu? Lord have mercy, man alive. I would just be so happy if the Wolves were able to go that direction. Now they're one of the tougher names to pronounce in the uh, in the draft, and this again could be looking at the later, you know, the the, the later first round pick for Minnesota. There I bounce around here. At this moment, they have this guy going eighth to Charlotte. So maybe he slips, or maybe you slip. Maybe you're like fifth or sixth, but maybe he slips to twelve or something, and we trade up and get him something like that. They have him going eighth to Charlotte. 6'9", 235, power forward center out of QSC. Defense. 
Defense, my friends, defense, as Vince Germano would say. Defense, my friend, defense. <laughs> Freshman, by the way. Daniel Oturu was a sophomore, so again, remember that part. Um, Daniel Oturu was a sophomore. So that's definitely something to look at. Now, on Onyeka Okongwu, I believe that's how they said o- Okongwu, um, again, out of USC, this guy. You talk about defense, you talk about Josh Akogi and his aggressive defensive style. Just kind of blue-collar defense, defense, defense. It's unbelievable. Um, his defense is just smothering. But he's also got some he, He's got some good moves. Uh, he slashes a lot. He slashes like crazy. Uh, he has a nice spin move. He even wears number 21 like Dominique Wilkins, so I love that. He's super athletic. He's a really good shot blocker for someone his size. Uh, and there's another guy out there as well. But um, that I'm going to bring up near uh, later on. Most of his game is spent in the paint, offensively and defensively. He can be smothering defensively, which would be a great help to the Wolves because we need freaking defense here. He's kind of like a Josh Akogi as a power forward. Imagine Josh Akogi as a power forward, very hard worker, intense defender. Uh, and it's not because his name looks like Okogi or this or that. You know, so I'm not that silly and that ignorant. His game is similar to Josh Okogi's. He's, he's just a six foot nine version instead of a six foot four. So imagine like an undersized center. Well, he's to me he's not a center. Well, he, he'd be like a fill-in center, but more of a starting power forward in the NBA, and I think he's uh, got a solid game to him. Um, like Okogi might be slightly undersized for shooting guards a little bit. This guy's maybe a little undersized for the either the big men position in terms of height. Um, but at the same time, works his ass off just like Josh Okogi. It has nothing to do with their names being similar. They play a similar game. So I'm analyzing this for real. I'm not just, oh, you know, that uh, man, that... <laughs> okay, you get the idea. This guy could be the next Michael Vick because he looks like Michael Vick. No, I'm not that stupid. I'm not that stupid. So, no, uh, definitely great uh, overall. Or this this white wide receiver, key, he bad. If he's really lucky, he could be Adam Thielen. You know, this that type of stuff. Sorry, I'm just making fun of how people analyze things sometimes. Um, or uh, he's just a Zerbiak, you know. He's just Zerbiak when maybe he's a better guy. Maybe he's a better player than Zerbiak, this one guy, or vice versa. You know, <laughs> I'm just getting myself in a hole right now, and I don't need to be doing that, especially these days. But uh, oh, oh, Kongwu, I, I think he's got a really nice future, and if the Wolves somehow wind up with him in a, one of those strange in-between type of situations, hey, uh, you know, I'm not going to complain. I clapped out loud when uh, the Wolves took Okogi. He was kind of a dark horse for me in that draft, but it ended up being the guy. Uh, dark horse. I, I didn't think he was at the top of the Wolves list. I was just very intrigued with what I was seeing. I'm like, wow, what a hard worker. He just comes right up behind people and blocks their shots, and that's what this guy does as well. Okay, LaMelo Ball. One in a billion chance the Wolves actually get weird and take LaMelo Ball when we already have D'Angelo Russell. Well, he played in Australia in the N- in the NBL. He played in Australia. It's a great shot there. Great shot by LaMelo. Sorry. I'm sure, uh, oh, I bet Vin Rockers loves him to death. And, uh, well, maybe the Lakers somehow trade up and get him. <laughs> All right? I don't know. I mean, they could sure use his help right now. Uh, they already got rid of the other. They already got rid of the older brother there. Lonzo Ball, he's on uh, Memphis, right? No, he's not in Memphis. He's not in Memphis. He's on New Orleans. I'm just being weird. Uh, great ball handling, great passing skills. He looks to be a better outside shooter than his brother, but that's still not saying much. It's just not. That's not his strong point. <sighs> Let me just tell you, he's like he's like a fancier Ricky Rubio, really. I mean, he shot 
And, you know, I know everybody's offended right now. Oh, this whole city's offended because I just... Like, oh, yeah, he's just Ricky Rubio. Yep, that means I'm just trashing Rubio again. Well, he shot 37.5%. And his three-point percentage is 25%. Uh, so, he's got dazzling playmaking skills, but he's not that good of a shooter. He's like a more exciting version of Ricky Rubio. And Rubio could be flat-out exciting at times as well. What's really intriguing about LaMelo Ball, though, is he's 6'8". So, he's kind of got a little Magic Johnson action going on there. Six foot eight. I mean, he's got some length, man. He can block some shots. He can make some nice uh, tip-in plays or some. He'll literally come flying in and dunk it, you know, off of a rebound, offensive rebounds. He's he's got a little bit of extra going on there with that length, uh, compared to his brother. Uh, his brother's long, but this guy's really long. Uh, six foot eight. He's only one eighty. Very skinny for a six foot eight guy. Very light for a six foot eight guy. Again, played in Australia. He did not play in college. He played in Australia which is a great place, obviously. Man, I'd love to move there. <laughs> I would love to just move there. Just hell with this place right now. And I have nothing against the United States. Believe me, it's other, you know, <laughs> maybe some crappy attitudes everywhere. And, of course, in uh, Minnesota, I, I don't know. There's things about Minnesota I don't like a whole lot, including when it rains a lot and stuff. Australia, boy, I just it's an appealing place for me. Um, I'm, sure La, I'm sure LaMelo enjoyed his time there. I'm sure he did, because Australia just sounds like a rocking place. It really does. Um, again, dazzling playmaking skills. Probably not the direction the Wolves are going, because we just got D'Angelo Russell, and we're playing, paying him $30 million a year. You're really going to take LaMelo Ball and say, uh, D'Angelo, you know, uh, you know, uh, we're going to kind of be like uh, Jerry Krause here with Scottie Pippen and, uh, <laughs> and Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc, hey, we're taking LaMelo. Shut up, D'Angelo, we're taking LaMelo. Yeah, that's the last thing we're going to do with all the we chased D'Angelo Russell like he was our bride. So, you, you got your bride, so you might as well stay loyal to the son of a gun, right? You, you might as well stay loyal to him, so um, I don't know why the mock draft has, a, has us taking him third overall. I have no idea. Well, Devin Vassell. Defense, my friend. Defense. Defense, my friend. Defense, my friend. Defense. Uh, defense. Excellent field goal percentage, too. He, he could be a 3 and D kind of guy. He can suit some threes. Field goal percentage almost 50%. Outside shot 42%. 3 and D, baby. 3 and D. So if you like 3 and D players, Devin Vassell, 6'7", 200, shooting guard, Florida State, sophomore, is uh, an interesting guy here. Very aggressive defensively, never gives up on a guy. He's kind of got that Akogi side to him again. Could be just absolutely awesome. 6'10", wingspan, makes him a great shot blocker for a 6'7 guy. An awesome shot blocker. He reminds me of Josh Smith. Josh Smith was 6'9", so that might be, in a way, somewhat of a thought of uh, Okongwu. But I was imagining Okogi as a 6'9 guy, like if he was actually a little longer, because Okogi's not a real long guy. He just works his ass off. Okongwu could be fascinating. Vasil's really athletic. He's a hell of a shot blocker. I'm not sure he's somebody that's going to be really high on our list, but maybe he's absolutely there. Uh, very interesting, intriguing guy, because he can shoot the three. That's where Devin Vassell could be on uh, Rosas's short list here with the higher end of this draft. They have him going sixth overall to the New York Knicks, and if we drop to six, we drop to five, or we're floating at four, and uh, you just fall in love with this guy, well, it is what it is. Maybe you don't want wise man. You don't want to be wise. You want to be vassal. You want to be a vassal of greatness? Is that... Is that Does that roll out right off your tongue, maybe? Uh, but no, he does remind me of Josh Smith a bit. And again, 42% from downtown. He's damn good on the catch-and-shoot from the corner or even the arc. Uh, he definitely would be an upgrade from a Kogi if you wanted to make a move. Otherwise, the guards would be a little too busy. 
unless you want Vassal to play small forward, which could be possible. I mean, you had Wiggins playing small forward, and you don't have really anybody playing small forward. Jake Lehman's not a starting small forward. He's a he's a he's a he's a rotation player who's really valuable. He's a very valuable rotation player. Not much of a dribble ball handler, so you're not looking for a franchise changing player here. That's the one thing. He's he's going to be a piece. He's not going to be any type of a franchise guy. You know, he's not he's not Edwards. And you know, he's not, I think there's only one franchise player in this draft, but. You know, we thought that back in 2010, didn't we? And you got Paul George and guys like that. But, uh, oh, frickin', uh, frickin', oh, man, Kawhi Leonard. But I think he was 2011, if I remember correctly. Kawhi Leonard. You could have had Kawhi effing Leonard, man, instead of frickin' Derek Williams. That makes me sick when I think about that. He's a little too small, possibly, for the wing, but he could put on some muscle. He seems like the kind of guy who would really work on his uh, strength and he doesn't do much after like two or three dribbles. That's the big weakness with him. So again, don't look for anything spectacular out of him. But hey, you know, one way to look at it, Clay Thompson is an excellent defender. He doesn't dribble much. He kind of mostly catches and shoots, catches and shoots. So as long as Vassal's able to just kind of get open and do those catch and shoot shots, so be it. If he tries to force the play and put the ball on the floor, might not be good. Um, obviously, Clay Thompson's a magical, special player. I hate the Golden State Warriors. Hate them. And I'm not saying that to bash anybody. I just hate the Golden State Warriors. I'm not trying to nudge anybody and insult anybody that might be a fan of them. I just don't like the team. I don't like them. Um, ask me in a private message why. I mean, no, I don't. I just don't like them. <laughs> I don't like all the. I don't like their showboating attitude very much. Um, but I love Clay Thompson as a player. He's my favorite Warrior. No, no question about it. Uh, Vassal like 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 his game though like his game a lot and if the Wolves take him again you're looking for a piece there and again if he's able to get open frequently and with that catch and shoot three then that might be a, that might be more than enough for this franchise to be an extremely valuable player Vernon Carey very interesting one again six ten out of Duke two sixty five somebody actually weighs over two fifty all right power forward center Duke freshman. Now, Devin Vassell is a sophomore, by the way. Sophomore. He's a sophomore. Strong post-up player for Vernon Carey out of Duke. Duke. Yes, we know who Duke is. Strong post-up player with more with more size than most of the prospects in this draft. Classic fast-break starter, like the good old days where you block a shot to a teammate to lead it into something. Yes, it's like, it's like a lead pass that gets the ball moving forward after you block the shot. He's a true big man who plays in the paint. Ah, doesn't that sound good? Doesn't that sound good instead of hanging out? You know, I just skipped a guy, didn't I? Nope, I didn't. I didn't skip him. <laughs> Daniel O'Toole. I'm like, I'm losing my mind. Um, now, Kerry again would be later on. Maybe if O'Toole's already gone and this and that. Vernon Kerry, where do they have him projected again? They have him projected at all the way down to 20th to Philly. So again, you know, it is what it is maybe you're intrigued by him because, I don't know, they have us taking two point guards. Again, they, they must think David Kahn's still running this team. Lamelo Ball and Theo Maldion out of France. I mean, Maladon out of France. Uh, two point guards? Okay, so are you taking Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn again? And then you're passing Curry, you know. Maybe you got Steph Curry in there somewhere, you know. Uh, maybe you do. Maybe it's uh, Killian Hayes. He's, he's the next Steph Curry. Or Tyrese Halliburton. Possibly. 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 I don't think so. Oh, man. 
But Vernon Carey, hey, maybe you're very intrigued by him, and I, I liked what I saw. It's mostly point guards floating around. 16, yeah, it's all point guards. And, well, Tyrese Maxey. I wonder if there's any relation to Marlon Maxey, former Timberwolf. Tyrese Maxey, now he's a 6-2 shooting guard. I just don't think the Wolves are going in that direction. Unless he's C.J. McCollum, I don't know, man. I, 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 I don't know. I mean, C.J. McCollum slipped a little bit. And, boy, is he good. <laughs> uh, I hate the Blazers. Imagine if Daniel O'Toole winds up on the Blazers like they have him here, 14th overall. Ugh. I mean, good for them, but ugh. <laughs> I don't want him to go to Portland. Come to Minnesota. I already don't like what Portland's doing over there right now tonight, but uh, the next couple nights, but that is what that is. That's up to you how you feel about that. Um, Patrick Williams is a possibility also, but let's get back to Vernon Carey. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, he plays in the paint. He actually plays in the paint. You know, that's just the way it goes. He play, a true big man who plays in the paint, uses his strength and athleticism to his advantage, capable of going coast-to-coast coast when he jumps the passing lane. You know, so like an interception, like a cornerback in the NFL. He literally intercepts the pass and go all the way for the dunk. It's pretty cool, actually. Pretty quick uh, quick on his feet there. He would be nice at 16 if Oturu, Oturu isn't there. He's a similar player, but not as versatile. He doesn't have that outside shot like Daniel Oturu has. So it would be a slight downgrade, but I think maybe more of a natural big man. I think Oturu is ever capable of being a big man, a natural big man and a stretch four. Vernon Carey is kind of like a five, a four or five type of guy. I'm guessing Oturu would be higher on the Wolves list than Vernon Carey, but I like him. I like Vernon Carey. And if you want to go with that natural power forward center type of guy, there it is. And again, he could plug the paint. He could plug the paint and help Carl get freed up a bit, which I'm just begging for. I'm just freaking begging for. You still got Nas Reed as a spark plug off the bench who stands at the three-point line and doesn't post up much. Do you see my point here? The Wolves need somebody to post up because Carl stands at the three-point line all day like he's a freaking shooting guard. He stands there like Anthony freaking Peeler waiting for his shot. Just, you know, somebody post up, please. And if we can get somebody in here that will, well, okay. You know, I'm not complaining if we can get a natural post player on this roster. And even if it's a bigger guy who does a little bit of both, like Oturu, post up an outside shot, Still, at least you got some size in this team, and I think the Wolves need some size. Best player available? Yes. You want to go in that direction all the time? But, I mean, you, I'm not going to sit here and overanalyze every shooting guard here just to make just to make a point. Like, you got to look at everybody right now. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's just one of those kind of things. you got Denny Avdaja out of Israel. Small forward out of Israel, 6'9", 210. I, I don't know if the Wolves are heading that direction. He's another one of those kind of guys who... You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens so far. Those haven't gone so hot. I mean, they've ended up being decent players, but it's really not franchise-changing. And you get these skinny guard from France, Killian Hayes, talented for sure, but we'll see. I mean, it's just been all over the place, all over the freaking place. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Cole Anthony's a 6'3 point guard. Precious. Achawa, I mean, that's an interesting one as well. Out of Memphis, another Memphis player. 6'9", 225, power forward. He's very precious. He's precious. Interesting, you know. Interesting kind of guy. Uh, NBA Draft.net has him rated 93. His athleticism, he's very athletic. He's got some size, like length and all that. Strength is decent. Some of his weakest uh, attributes are his post skills, unfortunately, and that's kind of frustrating. I don't know. I mean, is he a natural 
power forward that doesn't sound like a natural power forward to me just more of an athlete you know that type of thing more of an athletic kind of a tall a tall athletic guy which is fine it's good to have those i know we all like to have long athletic long athletic long athletic but can we post up a little bit i mean is that part of the game totally dead is it totally dead or i mean is everybody just james worthy or steph curry now is that all we want to be is james worthy and steph curry nobody posting up you know i mean are there any more kevin McHale's out there are there any more Al Jeffersons out there? Like Hakeem Elijah ones? There's got to be, right? There's got to be some of that natural power for Patrick Ewing. You know, he was a pretty good post player, obviously, who had a nice mid-range jump shot. David Bleepin' Robinson, super stud defensive player. I mean, the Wolves, I would just die to have a guy like that. The way he posted up and blocked shots and had a nice mid-range shot that was just brutal. Kicked your ass every time he played. It's going to be interesting. It looks like a solid draft. looks like a solid draft. Not the most exciting draft of all time, but there's pieces, and you're going to come out of it hopefully feeling okay. Maybe you get Wiseman. Maybe you get Oturo. I'd feel really good with either one of those guys on the roster. You get crazy lucky, and you get Anthony Edwards. I mean, man, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens. I like some of these defensive players, though, that could really help. Because, well, like Gerson Rosa said, you need to be top 10 in offense and defense to be like a legitimate playoff contender. Top 5 offense and defense. Offense and defense. That's called balance to be a championship contender. So that's good that at least he's focused on balance because you can't just be all offense, no defense. And I think that's been one of the things that's plagued Houston forever, even though their defense has improved a bit. But uh, they're still lacking in the ring department. They're still lacking in that department. Uh, some uh, Vince Germano out there might tell you that that might be uh, the, form- the coach formerly known as Pringles because he shaved away his mustache. Uh, that might be the reason why they aren't winning. But um, they're just not winning. I don't think Harden's a winner. I don't think Harden's a winner. How much did he help the uh, 2012 uh, Western Conference champion Oklahoma City Thunder? Did, did he really help them out, or was he quite disappointing in that one? <laughs> but enough of my distracting myself talking about the Houston Rockets. I don't know why I got into that. Let's get into free agency. I think we've made my point about the draft again. Just want to get a little bigger. And, of course, you want to add some of this, some of that. The Timberwolves situation, again, $132 million, 706 on the cap in uh, 1920. Of course, that season's over for us anyway, not everybody. Uh, 94-407 going into next year and going into free agency, this and that. It's just kind of how it is right now when you look at things. Salary cap situation is probably not going to be as good because of, well, this whole COVID-19 situation, which is driving me absolutely nuts. I'm sure it's driving you nuts as well. At this time, the salary cap for 2021 is $115 million. So the Wolves would have a little bit of spending flexibility, depending on what you want to do. Do you want to go too crazy, though? I don't know. So, again, that's about, gosh, that's, you know, that's about $21 million under the cap. Again, you don't want to go crazy necessarily, but if there's an option there, pick in somebody for, like, uh, you know, <laughs> you pay billion somebody that's... Uh, you know, $15 million a year or something like that, hey, let's go for it, or even 20 I guess. The free agent market doesn't look super exciting when you look forward. I mean, you got a lot of guys. I mean, Gordon Hayward, he's a, you know, he's a player option, almost $32 million. He's not going to turn that down. Paul Millsap's a free agent. He made $30 million last year, massive. Uh, he's got bird rights, blah, blah, blah. He's a UFA. He's been in the league 14 years. He's 35 years of age. Would you be in a huge rush to get him or, you know, would you be in a huge rush to get him at that, uh, you know, at that age? I don't know. He certainly he's not going to get thirty million. 
Uh, DeMar DeRozan, he's a player option, 27.8. He's probably going to keep that, but maybe he wants more term, of course. Otto Porter, he's another player option, 26 million for Otto Porter. Oof. Andre Drummond, yep, Cleveland, 25 player option. Anthony Davis, he's staying with the, the Lakers, I'm sure. Player option, 25 million. Um, yeah, I, it's going to be very interesting about uh, how things go with everybody, but I'm sure Davis is happy where he is right now. Maybe he'll be a world champion. So it's like you just kind of keep going down the list. It doesn't get super exciting right away. Hassan Whiteside, he's an unrestricted free agent at 31 years. How much is he going to demand? I don't know. Nicholas Batum, we've been down that road before. He's only 31. Wow. Man, it seems like 20 years ago that we tried to sign him. Marcus Gasol is available, unrestricted free agent at 35. Well, hmm, Serge Ibaka, Ibaka, Serge Ibaka, also from Toronto, 31 years of age. He's an unrestricted free agent. He might command about 20 or so. Danilo Gallinari, unrestricted free agent. Jeff Teague, that's okay. Derek Favors, he made almost 19. Mm, I, I don't know. Some of these guys, I don't know. Evan Turner, God, he made almost 18. Goran Dragic, no, 34. I'm not going to sign him. Tristan Thompson, I I thought I liked him with Cleveland, and he was very valuable when they won the championship, but he never brought that same game that he had. So it was super frustrating. James Johnson, player option. I'm sure he's going to exercise it, so $14 million there, 14 plus anyway. Oh, boy, it just so quickly drops off. Kelly Olenek, ugh, Jordan Clarkson, yeah, you know, a good player, but I don't know. Courtney Lee's 34 now. Man, I remember I always wanted the Wolves to get him back in the day. Maurice Harkless doesn't do a whole lot for me. He's okay. I don't know. Mayors Leonard doesn't do anything for me. Matthew Delladova, if you want a nice kind of gritty backup point guard like uh, like uh, Luke Ridnour, but maybe tougher. We'll see. So, free agency doesn't do a whole lot for me when you look forward. Fred Van Vliet, I like him. He's going to get a nice payday, though. He's very solid. He can hit some shots. He works hard. He's smart. Very good player for Toronto. Helped them win the championship. Of course, $9 million a year at this stage. Unrestricted free agent. I mean, they're going to probably try to keep him, I'm sure. But, well, maybe somebody will try to pay him too much, like a ton. So, it's going to be very, very interesting how that turns out. Free agency uh, so far, you just kind of look around. You don't get too excited. I mean, I'd, I wouldn't mind getting Fred Van Vliet, but again, I mean, point guard position, I think we're okay at the moment. Jay Crowder, a lot of people like him. He's had his moments. Might be an interesting acquisition. Uh, Jabari Parker, I wonder how much he's going to want, but he just can't stay healthy. He's got a player option of 6.5. He made a ton before that. Mantra, yeah, I mean, eh, Marco Bellinelli, well, he's still hanging around. He is still, still hanging around. Man. Mm-mm. Darren Fox, I like him a lot. <laughs> but uh, that's a different situation, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah we're going to get Darren Fox. No, we're not going to be able to get him. He's going to be where he is at the moment. Avery Bradley, not even $5 million a year. Well, I, maybe he'll opt out and we can get to bring him in. I don't know. Depends, I guess. Jermichael Green, I've always kind of liked him a little bit. Player option, maybe he can get a raise. Justin Holiday, Chris Dunn. Chris Dunn is a, is a restricted free agent. So that's going to be interesting. It's just one of those things, free agency, maybe as we get further and further on, we'll kind of review it again. But, you know, I mean, right now at this second, I mean, it's not the most exciting situation. Of course, Dario Saric, you could bring him back as a restricted free agent. I doubt he'd come back, but you never know. Rajon Rondo, player option 2.6. I don't think we're going to bring him in, even though he's good and solid. Vince Carter is most likely done. Dwight Howard, well, I don't know. 
so you're kind of getting into the doldrums now. Mostly with this club, you're looking more at, uh, you know, you're looking at the draft to really majorly improve and then get a guy or two in free agency, more than likely not the major household name type of player. I mean, again, Baysmore, nah, I don't know, that type of thing. Uh, I don't think even think he's one of those type of guys you'd be going after. So we'll just have to wait and see and kind of look closer to that. I'm more excited about the draft than free agency, that's for damn sure. And, you know, we have enough of expensive guys already so it just kind of is what it is there so with that said we'll take a quick break look into fan interaction hear what you guys had to say about the mvp biggest disappointment biggest surprise right after this are back here on Timberwolves Explosion segment number three, fan interaction segment and of course final segment of this annual granddaddy of them all State of the Timberwolves 2020, of course no segment 2.5, no postseason but of course the Wolves season is over and we did talk about the draft and very briefly about free agency, that one it's just, you know free agency is always kind of tough draft is much more interesting usually at the end of the day, Uh, Twitter account at Wolves Explosion at Wolves Explosion because back then Tiberwolves Explosion didn't fit, so we're going to kind of stick with that for now. At Wolves Explosion, not a whole lot of interaction on the Twitter. Unfortunately, I believe do believe this one was not on the last show, so we'll talk about it now. Levi Brown, out of uh, out of New Zealand, says, Good timing. Since I just finished watching the same day, that would be, again, the, uh, the last dance. My favorite parts were also when they would show clips of MJ and the others. Would have loved to see even more of that. Uh... Only thing I didn't really like was the switching between the dates, although I get why they did that too. Yeah, when it was like 1989, 96, 1987, 95, you know, that type of stuff. So it, it got interesting back and forth. Maybe 93 and 95 or, you know, or 93 and 98, stuff like that. It was kind of back and forth. Maybe it got a little obnoxious, but it was kind of cool at the same time comparing one retirement to the other or this type of situation, like the the first three-peat to the second three-peat, or back-to-back-to-back-to-back, to back to back to back, you know what I mean, 92 to 97. It was all kinds of crazy stuff. Maybe my memory's all funky and weird on that one, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit goofy. At the same time, again, a very amazingly done um, documentary. I don't think there really has been a better documentary. Um, again, I haven't really gotten into politics, the current state of politics on this episode, partially because I want to give you guys a break from it and I, I don't mean it to be ignorant I know some people might say it'd be ignorant not to get into it for me, I mean at the end of the day, the way I look at it me coming in and giving my opinion isn't going to for one, it's I don't think it's going to change anybody's mind that might not agree with me at the same time and, and also again, I mean you turn on this channel, they're talking about either COVID-19 or I'll say it, or George Floyd. And, you know, it's like the only topic. You know, George Floyd slash the actions after George Floyd. (laughs) Every action, every action, every, every, every action. And, you know, I mean, some stuff I understand. Other stuff I just don't agree with, you know, and it it just is what it is. I can't agree with everything, and nobody's going to agree with everything. Um, 
And I know nobody's condoning rioting and this and that. You can tell me that till you're blue in the face. And I don't know. I don't just, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't like some of the stuff that's happening. I don't agree with some of the things that are taking place. Uh, I don't like burning the flag. I really don't like that. You know, and people have every right to have their opinion on anything in the world. I just don't agree with all of that. So I apologize. Now I'm, now I'm getting into it, though I'm sure some of you might want me to get into it. Again, okay, how about this? Just a brief, quick thing before I continue. Was what happened to George Floyd wrong? Yes. Has the reaction after what happened been a little bit too much? Yes. I, I, I think it's too much. I do. That's just my opinion. I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, what happened to him was wrong, absolutely. But again, the reaction afterwards... Anger, frustration, you know, this and that. Have people been mistreated over a long period of time? Yes. Yes. I, I, uh, yes. Um, the other people, though, that are taking advantage of the situation and robbing stores and breaking stuff, those people are jackasses. What do you think of that statement? They're jackasses. So, I'm not going to agree with what they're doing one bit. At the end of the day, I will leave that as is. Let's get to the Twitter account, at Wolves Explosion, which is where I was. Mostly, again, now I mentioned Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand. Now I'll get to the retweets. Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand. Vinrock, Vince Germano, out of Melbourne, Australia, and the Victoria Providence. He's also part of the Courtside Podcast. I'll get to that in about 10 seconds here. Tanae Brown, also out of New Zealand. Awesome guy. Uh, both of you guys, just absolutely spectacular. Tanae and Levi. Um... Episode 281, Last Dance and Garnet Reminiscing. This is one, of course, State of the Timberwolves 2020. Can't thank the three of you guys. You guys are legends for retweeting this show as often as you do. Absolute legends. Now, the Courtside Podcast with Mr. Wayne Hunt out of uh, Sydney, Australia. Vinrock Vince Germano. I keep calling him Vinrock. I guess that's his nickname, but I mean, yes, it is for many years now. But yes, uh, Wayne Hunt, or Wayne O. Wayne Hunt, Vinrock Vince Germano, and Stu the richest man in Australia, Benson. <laughs> Stu Benson, also out of Sydney, Australia. And again, Vince Germano out of Melbourne, Australia. They just released a show, just released it, and I have not listened to it yet because I just kind of jumped on here pretty much and uh, was getting caught up in other stuff super quick just to get those out of the way and saving the best for last, that type of thing with the Courtside Podcast. So I do apologize. I have not listened to it this second, but tomorrow I will listen to it for sure. So I'll probably listen to that before most of you are listening to this episode, I'm guessing, and highly recommend it on all the same applications out there, like Google Podcasts, of course, Apple Podcasts, you could call it iTunes, I guess it's Apple Podcasts now, but it's the same thing, Stitcher, Double Twist, uh, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Spotify, I love Spotify, it's pretty cool, that one won't be on Pod I Man, but this one will, so anything Minnesota related will be on Pod I Man, whether it's politics, sports, uh, business, whatever the heck it is. It's Minnesota-related. So that's why I'm on Pod MN, because I'm Pod Minnesota, baby. I'm I'm the podcast of Minnesota. I'm the king. Not really. But uh, there you go. Thank you guys so much for your interactions. You guys are just the absolute, you're absolute legends, as they say over in that part of the world. When uh, someone's a great guy, they call him a legend, and that's what you guys really are. You're absolute legends, and you're just, you're legends in general, too. So, yeah, we get to we get the draft lottery on August 25th. The draft lottery. That's how far away we're talking here. Whew. If they cancel the season or not, just do the damn black draft lottery as soon as possible. Ah, oh, boy. Well, again, the most recent episode was published on May 23rd. 
and there was no comments, just likes and loves and all that. So thank you guys that did that. Interesting article posted. Non-passive-aggressive Timberwolves fans, it's time to sell out, Glenn. It's time to sell, Glenn, that type of thing. So very interesting there. A lot of people want uh, Glenn Taylor to sell the team. I agree. I agree. I'm not a Glenn Taylor basher. I am not. A lot of you are, and I understand why you are. Obviously, the whole Garnett situation is at the forefront. Uh, Of course, the Joe Smith fiasco, as they called it. Some of you are not old enough to remember that back in 01. I can't believe that's 19 years ago. My God, time flies. 1901. Where's my cane? I mean, I was already a veteran Timberwolves fan by then. I was, what, 22? 2001? So, uh, really appreciate uh, those days, but uh, very major frustration there, though, with the stupid Joe Smith fiasco, the illegal contract, Glenn Taylor, Kevin McHale suspended, blah, blah, blah. That was just one thing. But again, the whole Garnett fiasco, and then everything else. I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, weird moves, weird quotes, just things he shouldn't have said, like Garnett tanked, stuff like that. It was just, he didn't need to say that. That was pointless, that type of stuff. So yes, it's time to sell, mostly because it's just time to sell. Uh, Get a little different vibe. Some younger blood running the team. I hope he could do that at some point. I hope he could just sell. I mean, he came, he's way ahead. What did he pay, like $45 for the team? And it's worth like probably a billion now? Maybe even over a billion because of all the TV contracts. Though I'm sure everything's value has dropped significantly since, you know, March uh, because of what happened in March and was was already around before that. But, you know, late 19, that's why they call it COVID-19. Yeah, very depressing. So the NBA was uh, back, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, on June the 3rd. June the 3rd, the NBA is back and all that stuff. But still, things are kind of floating around. But if all is all is well... There's a plan for the eighth seeds July 30th through October 12th, basically. The vote tomorrow to ratify the NBA's back and all, the, all that. Things got ratified and all that, but uh, hopefully things happen. But now people are popping up with COVID-19 again. Uh, what is it, Austin Matthews in the National Hockey League? Very, very great young player. Number one pick a couple of years ago for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's, uh, you know, check out Brave the Wild, by the way, for Minnesota Wild conversation. Uh, he is tested positive for COVID-19. Now, of course, these young, strong athletes are not going to die of COVID-19. It's just the fear of spreading it, this and that, I'm sure. I understand that. I have my opinions about COVID-19 as well. And I, I'm i not somebody who likes to live in fear. I don't like to wear my mask in my car by myself. I don't need to wear a mask every time I go for a walk outside by myself. I'm just not one of those kind of people. That's not me. If that's you, that's your opinion, that's your uh, prerogative, that's just not me. That's just not me. Uh, Wash your hands regularly. The one thing I do respect constantly, partially so I don't get my head bit off, but also, again, just because it's probably wise, uh, you know, social distancing. I'm good about that. So I've been very good about that. I don't walk right up to people and go, how are you? A nudge, nudge. I I haven't shook anybody's hand since, like, March. You know, that's about it. So <laughs> that's pretty much how things go with that. Um, NBA draft lottery, deep dive, this and that. That was an interesting article. Cool that uh, people have checking. People check that one out. I suppose I posted that. And then now, finally, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for State of the Timberwolves 2020. Please name your 2019-2020 
Minnesota Timberwolves MVP. Biggest disappointment, your biggest surprise, and a brief description as to why. Looking forward to what all of you have to say. There was a few of you, hopefully, and you know what, today, I don't think he posted on here, unfortunately. So, at this point, we're just waiting for... Uh, if Tanae wants to post, he still can, and I'll read it on the next show. That type of thing. We'll just have to go with that. At this stage, most relevant. Let's just say all comments, because all comments matter. <clears throat> all of your comments do matter at the end of the day. Limbaga Jesso. She says, thank you for your top fan batch here, and yeah, you're very welcome. Welcome on board there. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> very much welcome on board there to the show. And um, Jessel. So now we'll go to Levi Brown. Jessel, I believe, out of the Philippines. So uh, Levi Brown, out of, and I asked, I'm just kind of nudge, nudge there. <laughs> Levi Brown is out of New Zealand. He says, the season feels so long ago, even though it's not even over for most teams. MVP Rosas making moves. Yep, I, I, I think Rosas is the MVP too. And yes, I know you're from the Philippines. I'm just teasing you. Uh, so, Rosas making moves. I still like Wiggins, but was great to bring D'Angelo in for him. The Nets pick and Malik Beasley were also great pickups, and weren't they, though? Weren't they great, Levi? Hopefully, we can retain Beasley. Yep, he is a he's on a team op, a player option, and you know he's going to exercise that. Uh, not, I mean, he's not going to exercise it. He's going to opt for free agency. I think he already did. Surprise, Jordan McLaughlin. How did I forget that? How did I forget that? Okay. Well, that that's a good one. I mean, he's definitely way up there, though. Jordan McLaughlin, I love to see shorter players doing well. Also, it was pretty good. He also was pretty good defensively, despite being undersized. Disappointment not being able to see D'Angelo and Cat play together due to injuries. Yeah, and injuries just killed the whole damn season. So not being able to develop chemistry before next season. Yeah, they played one game against Toronto. It was kind of fun to watch, but one game isn't going to really create a whole lot. It's just there was something, but it was so short-lived. So short-lived. With that said, now we move on to Fred Mithlin, locally here in the Twin Cities. Nice to have some Twin Cities people on here. Uh, anybody from Australia and New Zealand, you are 1 billion percent welcome. I'm not saying anything about, oh gosh, why can't we have local people? Why does it have... No, I want... Come come one, come all, obviously. Um, thank you, Vince, Tanae, uh, Vince, and, uh, Vince and Levi, pardon me, for jumping on board. Fred Mithin, though, it's, it's just sometimes I feel like locally nobody likes me. <laughs> sometimes I feel like that, but hey, that's why it's worldwide, baby. Thank you guys that are international, New Zealand and Australia, that have been so, so, uh, just the backbone and the foundation of this show for so long. But of course, again, some of you guys out there locally that uh, probably haven't introduced yourself. Thank you guys so much. That maybe have been listening for many years, and I've never met you. Uh, Fred, thank you. Awesome for jumping on board. Fred Mithin says, MVP Gerson Rosas. Oh, my God. Our roster is awesome. Our, 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 roster, is, uh, our roster is awesome now, and I, I think it is too. So I, I agree with Gerson Rosas. is very encouraging. Disappointment, Glenn Taylor, KG Fiasco, no Timberwolves Army. <laughs> That's funny. Yep. I mean, it's frustrating, isn't it? Surprise, J-Mac. Yep, that would be McLaughlin. And Nas Reed. Okay. There should be more talk about Jared McLaughlin. We'll luckily be able to... We'll be lucky to keep him a couple seasons. Nas Reed gives us an amazing one-two punch in center. This is a team that has tools to keep the pedal on the metal for 48 minutes. And yeah, absolutely. And of course, now you get the draft coming up. You might get some really good players. You might get Oturu, man. You might get Oturu as your second first-round pick. 
and your first first round pick who knows that might be a franchise changing player you never know and I hope it is and not you know I, I really hope so I don't think uh, I don't think Culver is a franchise changing player but I hope I'm wrong he showed some signs of something but it wasn't you know it wasn't enough really Vince Germano uh, the courtside Australia from Australia the courtside podcast says MVP man this is tough to pick and I remember how he was saying it's gonna be hard because there's just it was a crappy season it really was despite the fact there's exciting players on the roster it was a crappy ass season after the first month or so um, first two months yeah we're already 10 and eight after November 10 and eight after November isn't that weird it's weird Mr. Mano says, man, then this is a tough pick. I guess I have to give the fans for sticking with this thing for so long. I mean, was there a player who really deserved it? Not really, no. There really wasn't. That's why I gave it to Gerson Rosas. Yeah, and I always give it to players. I don't, I'm not a huge, I'm not somebody that usually gives it to, like, management or some other uh, incidents, you know, some weird thing that happened. But this year I had to. Um, my biggest disappointment, and perhaps I'm being a bit too harsh, is Kat's leadership. That's why you're good, Vince. That is why you are good. I mean, I, I agree. I agree. It was kind of a lot of a lot of Carl Anthony Towns was on the disappointment this year, along with the injuries to Carl Anthony Towns. But he did not. This was by far his worst year as like a franchise player for the Wolves. Even though his stats were good, his defense wasn't. And of course, the attitude their whole season just wasn't right. And the win loss record with him in the lineup was horrible. Was horrible. That's that doesn't look good. Um, like I expressed earlier in the year, where's the championship talk? Where's the championship talk? Where's the culture changer? Instead, you hear whispers of him getting frustrated. A pleasant surprise was Beasley, no doubt. Yeah, that's who I gave it to. Um, I think the Wolves have a very, very nice two-guard there for many years and is part of something special. Cheers. Yeah, the only exception I would make would be if uh, the Wolves get Anthony Edwards, something like that. But uh, the odds of that happening are really slim, I'm sure. So everyone have to worry too much about that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm in no rush to get a shooting guard in the draft because of that. But, you know, and at the same time, you still got Okogie. So, I mean, I think you got some good players. Beasley's kind of a, a two-way player, Okogie's. Okogie can be a spark plug offensively, but he's certainly a spark plug defensively for the Minnesota Timberwolves for years to come. Uh, very good pick by Tom Thibodeau. I mean, that was a good pick. Very good pick by Tom Thibodeau. And I'm saying that sincerely. Uh, nice, nice, nicely done. So that's pretty much it, getting caught up with everything. Still almost a two-hour show, despite some of the weird circumstances, and I've enjoyed the hell out of doing this. It was nice to be back talking Timberwolves basketball again, and nice to know that uh, nice to know that uh, some of you actually care to talk about the, not only this team, but you enjoy this show and you want to hear my opinions, and can't thank you enough. Can't thank you enough. Again, I'm not trying to be ignorant about politics, this and that, or ignorant about what happened to George Floyd. I don't like what happened to him. I just don't like what's happening afterwards because it's just getting crazy. I don't agree with everything that's happening afterwards is what I'm trying to say. I'm not uh, going to pound my fist on the table and say, damn it, everybody shut the hell up. But at the same time, I don't know. I think some of it's getting to be a little bit too too, too much. Just a little bit too much. That's just my opinion. You don't have to agree. You don't have to disagree. Or you're more than welcome to disagree is what I'm trying to say. Um... If you really want to talk about it with me, PM me on Facebook and we'll have a respectful conversation. I mean, I've been seeing a little bit of everything. We've all had our eyes open to this. We've had our eyes open to that. It's it's a lot to digest. It really is. And that's just all there is to say about that. 
otherwise hope and pray that this COVID-19 nonsense dies down. I hope people stop living in fear and God bless those people that may have been affected. Of course, again, people that may have uh, compromised immune systems, which I do believe ha what happened to uh, Jackie Towns. That was really sad. Jacqueline Towns, awful story. <sighs> awful story. Awful, awful, awful. Not meaning to downplay anything, just at the same time, I think some people, some people that, uh, some people I think live in a little too much fear and, and they're overreacting the other way. Um, again, don't be like uh, Rudy Gobert or anything, dancing on dancing on microphones, basically, and uh, making fun of everything. But uh, also, I don't think you need to be tying yourself in a room somewhere. But I don't think you need to be sitting at home by yourself in your house wearing a mask. I think that's kind of crazy. I think you're freaking loony bin if you go that far either. I feel that way about everything. About everything. Freaking out about anything is not good. The only time you want to freak out is if you're you start yourself on fire accidentally. Then you can freak out for a second and put that sucker out. That's about it. Uh, outside of that, stop freaking out so much about everything. It, you know, have some type of calm reaction. Maybe a strong reaction, but have some calmness to you. I, I'd appreciate it. That's just the way I look at the world. I, I, I really do. Even though you might think I'm crazy and I freak out about stuff, but I tend to calm down very quickly afterward. I don't escalate things constantly drag them on for months. That's just how I see the world, folks. That's just how I see the world. Oh, boy. Well, I'm very much looking forward to the future of this team. Carl Anthony Towns, please pray to God that wrist is healthy. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, you know, super duper 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 excited. Play a little defense, maybe. And uh, the Blue Fox can go out there and be smooth like a fox, which is how I see him. Smooth as silk, man. Love his game. Love what he brings. It's just, just those two guys alone. There's a awesome, awesome, bright future with those two guys. And then Malik Beasley adds a little bit of that extra attitude, that extra oomph that I, that I love in a player. He's not showboating, which I like. He's, he's not showboating, and that's a good thing. He is just being tough and gritty. And then you add another major piece and possibly yet another significant piece after that. Wow, I mean, that's at least five very good players possibly coming to the Minnesota Timberwolves here by the time uh, 2021 starts. And I, I'm i really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Um, do I endorse a certain player for the Timberwolves at certain positions? Put it this way, if, if Oturo's at 16, I endorse him 100%. Oturo, Daniel Oturo, absolutely at 16, if you can get him, and maybe even trade up and get him. Number one pick, Anthony Edwards, yes. Uh, number four, number three, say if we have the number three pick, oh my God, I have to go with Wiseman because I got to think Toppin's not going to be there. But otherwise, I I really want Wiseman. I hope I'm not wrong. I really hope I'm not wrong about him. I really like him. I think he'd be a good fit for this team. I really do. But if you are if you have Wiseman, you probably aren't going to take Oturu. But say let's just put it this way: I want Oturu on this team somehow. I love that guy. I love what he brings, and I think he'd be a great fit for the Timberwolves. I think I'd be freaking sweet if he somehow wound up on the Timberwolves and had a very successful career here. I think I'd be really fun. I love him. Uh, 16th pick, 13th pick, whatever you want to do, like trade up to get him. At the third, see the problem is we don't know what our pick is because we got to wait for the lottery until the 25th, and I'll probably do a very small show about it and do a more of an endorsement then because we'll know where the pick is. But at 16, damn it, if Daniel Oturu, please be there, please. That's all I got to say about that. Otherwise, uh, we're in carry. I like him, too. I like him, too, an awful lot. I, I want a big guy there if we don't take a big guy with the earlier pick. Put it that way. Um, 
that's where I stand with that. Um, Anthony Edwards, though, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> You'd have to make a decision on something, but uh, it'd be it'd be pretty cool. With that said, you get my point. You get my drift. I'm going to sign off now and uh, bid you guys adieu. When will the next show happen? I, I don't know when the next show is going to happen. When will it happen? Maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing a bread farm there just to be silly. Um, well, I mean, probably sometime in July. More than likely, I'll just pop on maybe reminisce about something. There'll be, there'll be some uh, additional news. And Draft Lottery, there's definitely going to be a show not long after that because we'll have a much stronger idea where certain players are going to go and we'll probably be talking more Draft Steam at that point. And hopefully by that 25th, we'll be well into some basketball conversation with uh, actual teams, not including the Wolves. Before I sign off, I want to encourage you to do an audio submission. If you could, we'd love to hear your voice on the show. It would be great. Of course, you got the Twitter account to interact, at Wolves Explosion, then Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. But the final, final thing here, I'd like to hear your voice of mine sometime. Anybody out there, Kenny, Vince, and somebody out there that I haven't met, maybe in Fred Mitten, you can uh, call in as well. It would be really, really cool. Simply use the uh, voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Simply open it. Click play or record, whatever, not play. Click record, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com, which I will then convert into an MP3 file. Thanks to zumzar.com. Everything will be ready to go then. That'll be absolutely awesome. And basically at that point, <laughs> you'll be on the air with me here in Fan Interaction, and I'll be very, very happy. Keep it to... Keep it to five minutes or so, but if you go a little over, who cares? I'm not going to get mad at you. I'm not timing you. I'm not going to get pissed off. As long as it stays fairly on topic and the audio is reasonable, I'm I'm ready to go. I mean, if there's a little wind in the background, like with today one time, who cares? Yeah, that, that was cool. It actually added an effect to the show. Brought a little life, like I'm outside enjoying myself or whatever the heck it is, or I'm busy working, whatever. It is what it is. You know, it is what it is. We're all in different places in the world in unique uh, weather situations. Go ahead and bring that into the show. I don't care. As long as I can hear you, I'm happy to go. With that said, I want to wish all of you a safe and happy and calm summer here and, of course, winter or raining season in Australia and New Zealand, places like that, maybe the Philippines or whoever some people are from, uh, even China, maybe Chinese people are listening. I don't know. Canadian, possibly. Canada's just you know, like here when it comes to spring, summer, winter, fall, all that good stuff. Um, but I uh, hope you have a safe couple weeks here. Again, like I said, I'll be back sometime in July, most likely, depending on how things go. And with that said, hope all of you have a safe time. Stay away from the COVID virus and try to stay calm in other areas. With that said, this is me signing off for now and talk to you sooner than later.